to be fair, you do have just incredible stamina. Damn right I do. Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 23rd, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, foaming at the mouth. Hey, I have, you know, I'm uh, just caffeine rage. I'm not a rabbit, as far as I know. On today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we've played this week. Nintendo sells the box with Labo, or Labo. NVIDIA's anti-minor retailer advice is just an empty gesture to PC gamers. Activision's Destiny 2 is struggling as gamers are unhappy over microtransactions. Anti-piracy firm Denuvo is acquired by Irdetto to protect the gaming industry. John Cena is in talks to star in a Duke Nukem movie. We're going to have our Steam Weekly Discovery queue first before Community Corner this week. And timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. I almost made two boo-boos. I did make one boo-boo, obviously. Uh, I almost said it was 2017. <laughs> uh, you do realize we're pretty far into the month now, so you shouldn't be making that uh, uh, yeah, mistake anymore, right? I, I shouldn't be, but here I am, almost making it. Like there was that, there was a little bit of a pause. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but I, I was said two thousand. Yeah, I, 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 I was sitting here uh, waiting for it. <laughs> yep. But no, I'm, I made it. I made it through with only one, one mistake this week. Oh, sorry, was, we're still gonna have to demonetize you. Yeah, well, YouTube's doing that anyways. As a whole, although I completely understand the last episode being. Not suitable for advertisers based on the title. Sex well, pervert things. Well, why do you think I have alternate titles on my YouTube? Yeah, I was really proud of, of that title. Or, well, not proud, but happy of that title. Oh, trust me. I, uh, my uh, RimWorld series, I'm quite proud with just the, uh, the, the town name. I think it's my best town name. <laughs> Before I get too far away from advertiser talk, that reminds me, I made a note of this earlier, and then I don't know where it is, but because our podcast is, is bigger now, we qualify for ads on Podbean, Ooh. and just let just let me know, anyone, if you hear a pre-roll ad, let me know ASAP by tweeting at VGL Podcast or at JMA4707. We're not supposed to have pre-roll ads, only post-roll ads. So if you hear a pre-roll, either I fuck something up or they change something. So, but yay, we qualify for ads. Maybe we'll make like six cents <laughs> off of this. Uh, no, no, you shouldn't uh, undersell us. I mean, uh, this is our combined suckiness, so it's going to be seven at least. <laughs> Woo, get that extra cent in there. Well, you do know that we always love to pin on our two cents. Indeed we do. Also, this show's probably going to be, well, it's definitely going to be shorter than the last two because we actually have a deadline. So, we won't have a, any four-hour monstrosity this week. In theory. So, uh, uh, games we played? Indeed. Indeed. Games we played just taking us right in there. Rage, what games have you played this week? Oh, uh, well, here's uh, one that you were excited to see on my list. Staxel. I got a review copy of this, and today's actually the embargo day, so I'm... Uh, even just talking to you uh, won't get me in trouble with it, I don't think. 
Green embargoes are, uh, I always uh, uh, called them the gentleman's agreement that uh, there's no legal binding to an embargo, but at the same time, if you break embargoes enough, then you start to get blacklisted. So, you know, like I said, gentleman's agreement. Hmm. But Staxel, Staxel is, let's just call it what it really is. It's the bastard uh, child of Minecraft and Stardew Valley, where it's a farming sim, but it's mostly a sandbox game. And I have my issues with this game. Uh, not just uh, on the technical front, which I hit mostly, and that's why it wasn't a late Sunday sampler, was that this game is constantly unloading and loading uh, the map chunks. Think of it as the Minecraft example on this, where I remember old Minecraft where as it loaded mon- uh, the uh, large chunks of the world, you would see a noticeable FPS hit as it loaded in. Staxel does this fucking constantly. I'm not sure if it's just my system being under spec, which it's likely just making it worse. But it just gets very bad at times. And also, it's incredibly visually busy with a hell of a lot of pop-in and a lot of uh, level of detail loading in far later than it should. So you'll see like fences go from low-poly... Which I realize, low poly in uh, you know, a, a game like this is kind of uh, funny to say. But you know, a low detail uh, version of a fence or a building suddenly pop into the high detail. And it's just very distracting. On top of it just being busy as hell because there's flowers everywhere. There's decorations everywhere. It's, like I said, just very visually busy. And then you get to the gameplay where it's a sandbox game. And that's both good and bad for this genre because there's... Uh, the thing about Stardew Valley is that you uh, can do what you want for a, a certain extent, but you're also on a uh, sort of a track where you're unlocking things and you're, you're doing things in a particular sequence. This... You could set up pretty much anywhere. You could break down your house and completely move it. Or you could break down your neighbor's house and they don't care because it's a sandbox game. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it it's it's in early access, so I can forgive it a little bit, but at the same time, it doesn't seem to really have the charm of Stardew Valley where it has the player interactions. There's no relationships yet. They are talking about maybe doing some sort of roommate and uh, maybe marriage later down the line. But as of right now, there is none of that. And does it seem like there's any way to really build up a uh, yeah a friendship with town folks as it is right now? You just do some fetch quests and that's pretty much it. It's very bare bones whenever I looked at it. There's a structure there that I could see added on to quite a bit, but just its initial offering, no. Gotcha. It does, I mean, it looks really cute. It, yeah, and... it looks cute, and it because it's not quite the Minecraft style, it's the smaller voxel uh, art, It I will say that it looks a lot better than what Minecraft ever did, but at the same time, it's also very visually busy because they went absolutely batshit insane with some of the decoration. 
Yeah. I will say that it is, I do like some of the sandbox elements. Uh, one of the last things I hit before I just decided that this wasn't performing well enough for me to even really bother with was uh, you very early on get, uh, I believe it's cows. You know, cows just wandered onto the island. Don't know how. Maybe they built a boat. <laughs> uh, maybe they're just washed up on shore, you know. You know, come come across a, a, a cow leg sticking out of the <laughs> out of the sand on the beach, and there's just a muffled mooing. But you know, you're told to build a barn, as in Minecraft, build a barn. You know, block by block, and that's interesting to me. You know, you're you're not stuck with just what you can build, like in Stardew Valley, or I should say, the preset things. You could do your own thing, and there is a lot of customization already in the game. And a lot of uh, cosmetic stuff in the game. Uh, and I shouldn't say the microtransaction version of cosmetic. I'm talking about, you know, just <laughs> junk you could lay around, you know, uh, extra bookcases, just and odds and ends to put around on tables and that sort of thing. And I like that. But at the same time, they would be a farming sim as well. And the sandbox elements of that kind of gets in the way. Because, you know, you, you could pretty much do what you want, and at the same time, you could do what you want, and it kind of, <laughs> it's kind of contrary, you know? Yeah, is, so I've got a 25% off coupon because I own Starbound, but this isn't the same developers who made Starbound. I have no idea. Maybe it's the same publisher? Maybe. Uh, Starbound, it looks like self-published. Has Starbound been bought? The developer Chucklefish been bought by somebody? Uh, no idea. I I didn't know there was a a, a loyalty discount on this. I got a review copy. Yeah, well, I mean, when I pulled up the store page, it says you have a coupon available. A coupon in your inventory will be applied automatically at checkout, and it's twenty five percent off for Starbound owners. Yeah, that's weird. Well. I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going on there. Because that just makes no sense to me. But mm, uh, I could see this evolving into something, uh, uh, you know, worthwhile playing. It's just, you know, it's the, it's the curse of early access, really. You know, when a game comes out originally, it's usually very rough. And, oh, yeah, I'm, I mean, it's the... It's the very definition of early access, or I should say proper early access, you know, not just, you know, we're putting out uh, it early for you to uh, do stretch testing. This is uh, in development, and it's been in development for a while, so I could definitely see where it could go. And its roadmap, it has a few updates planned already, which one of my big gripes, you know, no progression with the townsfolk at all is one of them. Granted, they should have some sort of thing where if you start breaking down the town hall, you know, they should be a little pissed with you. But I could definitely... Yeah, that would make sense. I, I could definitely they see... They would get mad at you. I could definitely see where it's going to uh, go, and I think it could be worthwhile overall. It's just right now it's not. <laughs> Any questions since I played it and you were interested in it? No. I mean, you did pretty much an overview. Um, uh, I went and requested a review key on... Uh, key mailer, mm -hmm. and if I get it, that's great, but I don't think I'm going to spend money on it at this point after listening to you talk about it. Looks like Chucklefish is handling the marketing for uh, all right. for this game. Uh, so that's probably why uh, there's that, a discount. That makes more sense. 
Yeah. Uh, that actually makes a lot of sense because they, uh, yeah, uh, the marketing arm of it. Even though Star, uh, Starbound is probably not the greatest example of uh, cross promotion. I mean, hell, uh, if they wanted to do cross promotion, I would say Stardew Valley. Even though uh, it it is a farming game, it's uh, farming as in uh, pretty much any Minecraft mod that adds farming, or even just the vanilla Minecraft farming. It's very basic, at least for the time being. It would be pretty difficult to be more basic than Minecraft farming. Well, let's put it this way: the uh, tutorial basically you have a uh, you have a hoe, and then there's the yeah. then there's the tool that the uh, uh, tutorial girl gives you. You have a hoe, and she's a tool. <laughs> uh, you uh, uh, dig a, uh, uh, plow up some of the ground, put a st- seed in it, then she gives you miracle water to skip all the growing process. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, but then again, you really can't get too advanced with farming because it's pretty basic. It'll be interesting to see where it goes, though. So, how about we move on to our, my next game while, you know, you sit and uh, request keys. Super yep. Trucks Off-Road. Mobile game, essentially, that came to uh, Steam. And it's not terrible. The game is very very floaty and i would say on the arcade sim uh uh, you know kind of just spectrum this pegs arcade so hard that it actually cracked the meter okay but it has loot boxes yeah it doesn't seem that you could buy them with real world currency and the loot boxes are an odd thing in this game it's not quite uh, what you would think. Uh, the progression system is sort of a hybrid of your traditional, you know, spend money and the meters goes up, and loot box where you get cards that upgrade your uh, car like the latest Need for Speed does. If you get a match set of four cards, it gives you essentially a free upgrade in that uh, paid meter. But... I started to get a little concerned about that because if you get bad luck with those loot boxes, you could only get so much money in this game to progress. So I was starting to see that maybe there could be some sort of dead end here. And also general upgrades cosmetics, which also gives a small stat boost also have to be unlocked through the loot boxes. And those are completely random. So, Wonderful. I, like I said, uh, it, it turned me off big time. Also, what do you mean there's only so much money you can get? Uh, like, it didn't seem that uh, rerunning events uh, uh, would have been a lot of money. Granted, I didn't really do that much because I was just, uh, you know, if I was at level, I was just annihilating the in, the uh, AI. So, I, that didn't really hit an issue, but I saw definite spikes in the AI difficulty. And it's also one of those games that as your car gets damaged, uh, you start to lose performance. Okay. So there was a couple times that I just got rammed and that was really the only times I lost was I would get rammed, get damaged too much and I couldn't keep up with the AI. It rubber band enough for me to, you know, kind of tease, but at the same time, no. (laughs) Kind of tease, just tease it. 
But yeah, I was starting to see maybe this could be a problem later on because you're either going to sit there and grind out the event screen that is kind of part of the racing genre anyway, or just get lucky with the loot boxes. And that just didn't seem all that fun to me, particularly just because the cosmetics, not cosmetics uh, that they have also are random uh, in the loot boxes. And you could pick up the loot boxes during the race, which are usually in some out of the way spot. So you're either trying to grab the loot box and, kill your lead or you know get lucky and you know just happen to be on the racing line for that for that track i could definitely see that it was the monetization model uh in the bubble game and they just poured it over and didn't take the monetization uh bottle or didn't rework it so that it made sense it just they took out all the binds which made me worry about the progression you know yeah so you can't spend money, which I guess is a good thing, but they didn't redo the... It didn't seem that they redid ...in-game it. economy. Granted, if this isn't a mobile game, I, I didn't find uh, it on mobile, but that doesn't really mean much because it could be in production for mobile. If it's not, then they played one too many mobile games, and... Uh, got inspired a little too much by the design of mobile and not, well, I hate to use the, uh, you know, the, uh, true Scotsman fallacy for this, but real games. What is the no true Scotsman? Mm -hmm. But you know what I mean with that? Uh, where uh, there's a a definite disconnect on how uh, mobile games are developed and how they play compared to how PC games and console games are uh, built. Let's see. It is on the Microsoft app store and it's a facebook game ah uh, see i was looking at mobile and not facebook because i forgot facebook games was a thing still i just googled it and yes it does have microtransactions in both games or in both versions you can play it for free on facebook and it's 10 bucks on the microsoft store and it says contains in-app purchases so (laughs) i guess they're double dipping there bastards yeah, so this one could burn in hell. Yeah, it doesn't show up anywhere else, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't come to Android and iOS later. Yeah, that, you can see why I was thinking this was mobile, looking at those screenshots. I mean, that's just horrendous UI for a PC game. Yeah. It, you know, uh, big uh, buttons. Uh, oh, And also, instead of functional arrow keys on the UI, click and drag. Wait. Drive? No, 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 no. To to go through the UI. Uh, If there's more than what you can see on the screen, uh, like, for example, uh, the uh, the cards for the upgrade screen. Yeah. Because you quickly, uh, actually, in the very beginning, you quickly get those. But then again, that's pretty bog standard for mobile games is that they front load all the content so that you get that buy-in feel you uh, start to get to the point where you can't see all your cards instead of, you know, the arrow keys on the side that shows, hey, there's more to the left and right. Instead of having those functionals as in clicking and, uh, you know, moving the page, you click and drag. It's like it's a fucking touch screen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely designed with mobile markets in mind. Weird that it's not at least on Android too, though. Yeah, yeah. There's no fucking standard on Android as long as you're app doesn't have a virus 
Yeah, that's why I was uh, looking at the Android uh, and uh, uh, iOS was that I was assuming that would be there just based on how it played. Because yeah. it was very floaty. It was uh, the trucks. It's monster trucks, by the way. Not You, you, know, you would think you know, like a stadium truck or a dirt truck, that sort of thing. But no, this is monster trucks. They're very bouncy, very floaty. Uh, and it feels like they it wouldn't play too badly oh, in comparison to what I was playing with a touchscreen. But I was looking, I just couldn't find it, so I was assuming that was coming eventually. But I, I completely forgot Facebook games was a thing. I mean, they got basically uh, usurped by mobile games these days, haven't they? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're still successful Facebook games, but... I mean, I don't know anybody that plays them anymore. Used to, you know, Facebook games were the realm of mom and grandma, but now mom and grandma play Bejeweled. games on on their phones. Or they get hardcore like my mom and play World of Warcraft. Bow, bow, bow. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't, shouldn't use your mother and hardcore in the same sentence. <laughs> this is me we're talking about here. I can use anything in the same sentence and it's fine. No, 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 no shame. You, you could use anything and anything, and it's not fine because it's you. Yeah, touche. So since we've been pl- talking about bubble for a while, how about a bubble game? <laughs> a mobile game that's not pretending. A bubble game that actually was pretty good. Spaceflight Simulator, which is essentially a free version of Simple Rockets. I was going to say, this looks pretty much exactly like Simple Rockets. Uh, well, it does a couple things differently that uh, yeah, makes it notable. For one, it's completely free, as in no ads whatsoever. So this is uh, basically the same model that uh, uh, Seedship was using. Remember the game you talked about ages ago? Yep, yep. Uh same idea there. I'm assuming that there may be a Patreon or this is you know, like a test project for him, uh, because it's the first game that this guy's put out. But the most notable thing about this, how it plays, well, there's a couple of differences. For one, it's a bit rougher. It's not staged like uh, Simple Rockets is. So everything is manually done. You know, if you have uh, boosters on the side of your rocket, you have to manually uh, hit each one to, de- to decouple them. And you have to manually turn, uh, uh, tap to turn on and off engines. So it's a little rougher there. And there's no docking like uh, Simple Rockets had. So no okay. space stations and no uh, docking maneuvers. But at the same time, this handles uh, uh, tran- uh, transfer windows a lot better. As in, uh, you're in the orbital v- or the map view uh, in orbit. You uh, tap the... Uh, target that you want to go to, in my case, the moon, because, you know, it's the, kind of the first stop for any uh, space flight uh, game. This is the real solar system, by the way. It's not fully in- implemented. It's just the inner solar system for the time being. But, you know, it's good enough for now. Uh, you tap the moon, and it shows your burn window on your orbit. So you're not having to sit and try to guess where to transfer. So it's a lot more straightforward and the tutorial pretty much uh, lets you figure out on your own how to do uh, space flight so it's not a as good a tutorial as simple rockets has but if you have any interest in space flight i think you could figure this out yeah but overall i think it's worth a look and 
I, I think that there may be one or two uh, rocket enthusiasts in the audience. <laughs> just a few. Uh, so I went to the the site, which just redirects to their Discord group, mm-hmm. and it's got a, a PC version. Oh, it does? Available for download for free. I, I just kept seeing this pop up on uh, my Google Play, and I was uh, busy rendering, uh, so it's like, fine! Hey, this is actually pretty good. I was just looking to see if they had like a, um, a Patreon page or something. But I do not see one, although... Maybe this is a student project or looking. something. Yeah, might be. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight it real quick because it's yeah, some, uh, a free version of Simple Rockets, and I don't really have a problem with that. Uh, Grand, I wouldn't. Simple Rockets was fun. Grand, I wouldn't mind seeing a few more parts. There's only two engines. There's one uh, fuel tank that you could just stack pretty much uh, as much as you want. Well, uh, in uh, a somewhat sensible fashion, because there's only so much space in the uh, rocket building uh, screen. But still, it seems to have enough Delta V to really uh, visit anywhere in the inner solar system. Uh, pretty easily with the, what you could use. Sounds interesting. I might check it out. Also, I kind of want to re-download Simple Rockets because I bought that, what, last year or two years ago, maybe? Yeah, I think my I have it on both Android and... Uh, well, I know I have it on Steam, but I'm pretty sure I have it on Android as well. Uh, but, yeah, not a bad little game. So, final game. Uh, this was my Sunday sampler for the week. Phantom Signal. This is, well, uh, the full name is Phantom Signal Sci-Fi Strategy Game, because I guess they have to throw the genre in there these days. This reminds me a lot of Creeper World. Did you ever play Creeper World back in the day? Nope. Okay. This, well, in here, quickly, Google Creeper World. This is a sci-fi strategy game. I mean, they just said that. But I would actually call this Tower Defense. Uh, the entire point of the game, well, it depends on the level because the different levels have a different objectives. Sometimes it's just, you know, mine like crazy, also known as a uh, Jared level. Whee. Uh, sometimes you have to uh, uh, just put up a defense for a few waves of enemies. Sometimes you have to build a particular uh, building uh, so many times, like a power generator to power your ship, your... Uh, the story of the game is that you're an AI ship that's picked up a phantom signal. Hey, th- there's the name of the game. Uh, and you're chasing this phantom signal through the cosmos. And the way the game plays is like Creeper World used to, where you're building a power grid and powering individual structures from a central point. And because this is real time with Pauls, it gets very zen-like, where you can just sit and think long enough to build out uh, your power network and power all the miners and uh, everything. And it it just kind of clicked for me. It's kind of weird to describe, but it got, like I said, very zen-like. It's a combination of just watching all the power flicker through the uh, power lines. And uh, the music was done actually really well. You know, kind of generic space music, but it worked for this. That's not to say I had problem. I didn't have problems with it because remember, this is me. The game is very rock paper scissors in how it handles its combat. Where, if you do not have 
certain weapon platforms, you cannot defeat certain ships. For example, okay. uh, the missile boat that you uh, uh, start seeing in, I would say, the fourth or fifth level, it stays out of the range of all your laser guns. So the only way you could uh, really defeat it, well, there's two ways, really, but one is a lot more cost-effective than the other. You could either quickly uh, build out your network to the to the point where you're actually in range. Granted, that's very uh, costly and may end up getting your uh, shit killed. Or you have your own uh, missile turret, which has a far larger range and is able to hit the hit the little fucker. And you just uh, hammer on them while your laser guns uh, shoot down any missiles inbound. And the thing is that the missile uh, platform is a research item. So if you did not research that before that level, you are fucked because you only have so much research points that you could spend. And it becomes a very rock, paper, scissors, at least in the opening levels. And also, certain levels are very trial and error based, where you would see on the mini-map, sometimes the uh, the level will say, okay, well, you're going to get attacked from this direction in three minutes. So, you know, build up. And because of the uh, uh, real-time of pause, you're able to set pause, uh, build out uh, your planned network, and let it run and build in real time and do fairly well. It really, really is probably best played with uh, almost FTL-like, where you do a little bit, pause, plan out a bit, pause. But at the same time, some levels don't have that feature. So if you don't plan ahead for it or know that, yeah, okay, the enemies are going to come from this direction first, then they're going to come from this direction, you're, well, fucked. And also, some levels, it's very tough to get started on because you're get, you're attacked very quickly. So you have to kind of plan that out. But once again, like I said, trial and error. Uh, and then there's how it handles difficulty, which is just head-scratchingly weird. It completely segregates easy and hard mode. What does that mean, completely segregates? Uh, playing through easy mode does not unlock hard mode missions. You have to play through hard mode in sequence like easy mode. Research in easy mode does not tr- uh, transition to hard mode. The hard mode is a completely separate tech tree, even though it's the same tech tree. It's just strange. Okay. So pretty much you have to use easy mode to figure out what to do for hard mode and play through the game a second time on hard mode. And on the opening missions, I did not see much of a difference in hard mode. I'm assuming it's later on, but I felt so uh, disinterested uh, in playing through uh, the game a second time because the missions are actually fairly lengthy. Uh, 10 to 15 minutes a pop with uh, side missions and some missions took upwards of 30 minutes, uh, just the longer ones. And that's uh, yo game time, not counting any pause time. That's that's pretty long. Is there? Can you speed up time? Yeah, if you're yeah, not the, yeah, the, yeah. It... There is a speed up. You can uh, go uh, pause, uh, uh, half time, regular time, double time, four time. So for some missions, yeah, you know, once you hit, uh, especially the defense missions, once you mine out the map, it, you pretty much just yeah you know, fast forward through the wait time in between waves. 
So I do appreciate the, uh, the complete time controls. I mean, that is extremely nice. And it's very lightweight, so, you know, it could run on a toaster. Well, that's good, because uh, I might be playing that on my laptop this week. <laughs> I've downloaded a bunch of visual novels to play through, but like I told you before we started recording, I just had a busy weekend and didn't get to play games as much as I wanted to, so my list is a little bit short and mostly last minute-ish. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad game, and you can see the screenshots. It gives you an idea of what to expect with it. It's It just hits that kind of Creeper World uh, vibe, and it made me uh, want to pick up Creeper World on Steam, which it, uh, if you want to get an idea of how this game plays, go to Congregate. Yes, there's a site that you probably haven't thought of in a while. And look up Creeper World. And it's essentially that basic idea, only with spaceships instead of some sort of ooze. Yeah. Uh, with Paul's. When you first started talking. But, uh, yeah, it looks and sounds pretty interesting. And, I mean, I got this last week as a review copy. I mean, it's not I it's not bad, it. but it also you know, hit a certain niche for me because I played a lot of Creeper World back in the day. So, you know, it, I... I I saw some people actually complaining about how it was too hard, but I went through, uh, people were complaining about easy mode being too hard, and I went through easy mode without much issue. Granted, I did restart a few missions when I realized, okay, this didn't work, let me try this. But, yeah, I would say if you were a fan of Cooper World, it's definitely worth a look. If you want a different take on a uh, tower defense, which... This game has enough uh, variety in its levels and how it plays out that I would, uh, you know, suggest uh, trying it if you're interested in tower defense because there's some missions where you're just uh, tasked to bomb like crazy. There's actually a convoy mission where you have to attack a, a convoy moving through the map that actually shows it on one of the screenshots. It's an interesting little game. Sounds like fun. So do I need to get the... Uh, deck of cards of utter boredom. No, this won't take very long. Uh, the first, my first game on my list is Elite Dangerous, and I just have to bitch about something about stupid video game logic. Okay, well, while you do that, I'm going to turn on the fan because I forgot to do that uh, before we got started. Sure, you do that. So, uh, video games. I, the only system that I had not explored yet or figured out since I come back and started playing is the the engineering system, which allows you to upgrade different parts on your ship and there's a bunch of different engineers 20 specifically which i don't mind that part each engineer has a specialty and there are better sort of higher ranked or higher tiered engineers that can give you uh better upgrades on your stuff that's fine i don't have a problem with that um you know it's a bit grindy like most things in elite but it's cool no no problem so i i Finally have got a couple of really, really good ships pretty much kitted out exactly the way that I want them. And I thought to myself, well, you know, now's probably a good time to go start figuring out this engineering stuff because I know that there are better ones down the line that I'll have to unlock with, to take larger, better ships to. And, you know, I can just bypass that process now. So I go start checking out the engineers. And the, the way the upgrade system works is stupid. Uh, initially, they give you missions that you have to complete to unlock each tier of upgrades that they offer, which, again, a bit video gamey, but I can handle that. So far, the missions have pretty sim- been pretty simple. Go and, uh, like, one guy, his first mission was just, hey, give me a million bucks. And you're like, okay, here's your million bucks. 
And then a couple of his missions were just buying upgrades from him, which is fun. A million bucks, isn't that like five bucks in uh, real currency? Yeah, something like that. But the next couple of missions from his were just like, hey, upgrade some of your stuff with by using other engineers. So that was fine. All of that stuff's fine. It's tedious, a bit grindy, but like I said, that's elite. Where it gets really stupid and frustrating is that it's not just like, oh yeah, you can upgrade your lasers to do X amount more damage or to be a little bit lighter or more power efficient. Everything has got a fucking roll on it. So you've got a percentage chance that it will do an effect, and then there's a separate percentage chance for what how good that effect is going to be. And then there's secondary effects, which can be positive or negative. And then there's experimental effects, which are always positive, but don't always trigger. So to to break that down a little bit more. Can I just to, have a jalapeno roll instead? Sure. To break that down a little bit more so that you can understand why I'm frustrated. Uh, I Right now I'm trying to increase the jump range on one of my ships. And one of the ways to do that is to, to reduce the weight of the ship. So... All of the parts that this engineer can upgrade, I'm making them more lightweight. So, I picked the upgrade. You know, Are you just trying to die? Lightness level one. Uh, and do that. So, right off the bat, it has uh, a percentage chance to make a part lighter or to fail and make it heavier. Uh... It's like It's like 75% chance to succeed and 25% chance to fail. Then on top of that, there's a secondary role that determines how much lighter or how much heavier it becomes. So it's got a range of like between 5 and 10% lighter or 5 and 10% heavier. Stupid. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask probably the stupid question, but how does it randomly make something heavier? I don't know. I really don't know. Then there's then there's secondary effects that can trigger. They don't always trigger, but they can trigger, and those can be positive or negative, uh, and they could be completely random. So it could be additional lightness, it could be five uh, percent more power efficient, or it could be ten percent uh, less health on that module. Then on top of that, there's the potential to get experimental effects. Which can which vary wildly in what they do. Uh, there was one that added additional heat damage to a weapon. There was one I got that uh, increased its recharge rate. There was one that's like, if you use this with this other part, you get this extra bonus. And all of that shit's random. So if you don't get what you want, you have to spend more resources in order to re-roll the effect to hopefully get what you want. And it's not so bad on the early level stuff because it's just like, give me some iron and some computer components. It's like, great, there you go. There's your iron and computer components. It's like, well, fuck, I guess I'll re-roll it. That stuff's everywhere, easy to find, super cheap. But the higher level upgrades require like certain mission-specific items that you have to complete uh, long or difficult missions to get. And it's like, well, if this fucks up, I'm fucked. And that's that. And it's stupid. It's so stupid. They're changing it in the coming year because I'm not the only person who's bitching about this. And they're removing a lot of the random effects um, and just making it more straight up tiered upgrades. Um, And then there's going to be like a separate tier that you can do that attempts to apply random upgrades. And they can be better than just the straight up 
ones that you can buy. But this whole system is stupid and gamey and dumb. And no, sir, I don't and, like it. Yeah, and no, sir, I don't like it. Stupid. Also, some of the mission, the engineers are also stupid. Because this one guy wanted a thousand tons of cigars. I'm like, what the fuck are you going to do with a thousand tons of cigars? Smoke them. <laughs> I guess people live a lot longer in the 34th century. Not with the amount of cancer he's going to get. No, definitely not. Uh, may, so, yeah, that's just, maybe maybe he's not a person. He's just a walking tumor at this point. He's got a that that dude had a really messed up face. Maybe that's more true than I realize. So yeah, that's all I have to say about Elite Dangerous. Just I had to bitch because that system's stupid, and I just went off and said fuck this. I'll wait till they fix it. So moving along. Indeed, my next game, Trackmania Turbo. So Katie and I, uh, well. The kid was at daycare today, sat down for a few hours and just hung out. And One of the things that we did was play video games for a little while. And uh, we were going through like Steam games and Xbox games. And um, she thought that this game was a different game we'd played before, which is called Joyride Turbo. Um, and so we played this for a little bit. And Trackmania Turbo is okay. It's a super arcade. I played the uh, first Trackmania, not the sequel that this is. Yeah, it's a super arcadey racing game that does mostly like time trials and stuff. Um, at least if you're playing the the campaign, quote unquote campaign, which is just pre built levels that the developers made, uh, and it, it's just time trials and challenges. Um, yeah, from super arcade. What I remember of online mode uh, on uh, the original game is that it got fucking insane. Yeah, there there were some uh, tracks that it was you know the autocomplete you know hold us accelerate, which was interesting you know seeing people play their uh, up their creativity, but then it was just you know uh, who had the best ping essentially. Yeah, I checked out a few uh, custom tracks. Uh, Katie took a nap today, and we I was still like this was still open on the Xbox. I was like, oh, look at some of the custom tracks. And some of the ones I checked out were pretty fun. Nothing that was just hold gas to to finish, but you know, some people did some wacky stuff with like hundred mile. Well, that's that's exaggerating a little bit, but really, really long jumps or a crazy amount of loops or things like that. And it does seem like the track system is pretty robust because um, there was essentially like a, a cylinder that using centripetal force you stayed on the outside of it as you went up or not on the outside but inside inside but on the walls as you drove up it um that was pretty cool and uh there's lots of like background stuff like things that can explode and helicopters flying past and jet planes and there's some off-road elements as well there's five different cars and each car is for a specific track type so there's like one car that's sort of rally cross and it goes on a mix. There's a car that's specifically a dirt track car. There's like an indie racing car that's for on-road only. There's one that looks kind of like a NASCAR car. I don't know what track that's for. I didn't use a track that used it. And then there's another car uh, that just looks like... That goes for room. Just, just a regular looking car. Um, It's got some pretty decent customization stuff for your car too. Even though it's... Uh, I don't know if this is published by or made by Ubisoft. But even though Ubisoft is involved in some way or another, I didn't see any microtransactions in there. 
Looks like all of the customization stuff you get by unlocks for, uh, you know, getting X amount of gold medals or completing a set of tracks and, and things like that. And there's quite a few uh, customizations. Uh, it's there's, published by. Okay. There's like two or 300 different paint jobs that you can unlock and uh, 170 or 180 country flags that you can put on your car. And then there's different I'm not sure. How, there were three pages. I didn't ca- actually like count these out because they were a little bit bigger. But I would guess a hundred different like uh, decals and stickers and things like that you can put on your car. Yeah, essentially, if you want to get an idea of what this is like, go check out Trek Media Nations Forever. That's a free version of this on Steam. Trek Mania Nations Forever. I'm not sure how oh, popular okay. it is these days, but I actually have the paid version. But it's... Uh, Essentially the same idea. Uh, canyons, is, or sorry, Turbo. It, there's Turbo and then there's Canyons, which is also a more uh, focused version of uh, the sequel. Uh, is as, This is essentially the same idea where it's just chunks of track thrown together and it gets absolutely insane. The only real difference between Nations Forever and the paid version, which I'm blanking on and I don't, don't see on the suggested games... Uh, Star Edition uh, is that Star Edition has more customization options as far as I know and I think it has all the different areas but Nations Forever has the dirt tracks which are by far the most populated because it's the free version yeah okay um, I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty good. I, I don't think I'll go back and play it on the Xbox but it's not because it's a bad game it's because it runs at 30 yeah, uh, yeah, Xbox. a game. Uh, it's it's absolutely uh, uh, just breakneck speeds, especially the older version. I'm not sure how the newer version is. Yeah, I mean, you're the um, even in the the starter car and like the training bit in the first few challenge levels. I mean, you're still going 300 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is uh, a lot of this times is almost F zero speeds for some of this. Yeah. I mean, how the uh, the street racing car, which I'm blanking on the actual name of it is, uh, whatever it is, in Star Edition was just you know, stupid fast. Yeah, it does a pretty good job hiding the fact that it's 30, and it took me a little while to notice it because there's a shitload of motion blur mm-hmm. and tons of like particle effects on the screen, which I'm sure if they actually took some of those away, they might could get it running at a decent frame rate. But I was noticing input lag. Just a little bit, but I'm like, that's not right. So I, I'm like, I double checked everything first before, and then I sat down and I really looked at it. I was like, this is running only, at, this is only running at 30 most of the time. Yeah, for slower games, uh, 30 is fine. It's just this is too fast. You're yeah. not going to get the uh, the twitch response that you really need for uh, this. Particularly the uh, some of the online races just are, well, at least in the old version, are absolutely brutal. And thank Probably. and thankfully, since it's Tom, uh, all time trial, you can see the other racers at least in the old version. Once again, I'm speaking of uh, you know Track Nations uh, Forever, Track Media Nations Forever. It's that there's you can see the other cars, but you cannot interact with them directly. There's no collision. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I was just doing like time trial stuff, so I didn't actually race with any other people. Well, there's also time trial stuff, and you could turn off the other cars if you really want and just do pure time trial, but. Yeah. 
Um, though, probably the thing I liked about it the most, just as like a neat idea, was the way that it does leaderboards. So it it breaks it down pretty far. There's the worldwide leaderboard, then you can break it down by country, then state, then with then state. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I've never seen that. Uh, I've before. seen so I've were, seen it a few times, but it's a rarity. It's nice to see it like that, though. There were eight, roughly eight thousand players in Tennessee, and I was in the top fifty percent for a lot of the starting tracks, and that made me feel really good. Yeah, I was, I think, in the top 100 for my state, but granted, there was not many uh, in my state for <laughs> Track Nations Forever. So, yeah. I'll probably track, check Track Nations Forever out on PC, because unless it's locked, I can get 60-plus out of that. I'm pretty sure it was unlocked. I, I don't see why it would be, but you never know. All right. Well... Next game on my list is Sunless Sky. I talked about this being a game I was looking forward to this year, and Ghost of You, uh, also known as Ghost Shark, sent me this as a, a gift. So thank you very much, Ghost Shark, for that. And it was definitely Ghost Shark this time. I I double checked. <laughs> um, but Sunless Sky is pretty good. I only played it for a couple of hours. I didn't want to get too far into it because it's still in the early access phase. It's not set to release until. When did we say February or March, something like mm-hmm. that? Um, so I didn't want to get too far into it, and then they do some big changes or whatever. But you know, just enough to be able to talk about it. And um, some of it's a little bit confusing. I'm not sure if I misunderstood or if it's not adequately explained exactly what's going on. I thought this was a like steampunk, you know, airship thing, but actually, you're in space. Um, and you drive space trains, like actual steam locomotives in space. So that's pretty cool. That's actually a plus for me because you know how I feel about trains and space things. But I just, I, you know, I thought it was a steampunk like airship thing. That doesn't really change much. Just the theme a little bit. Um, but I mean, it pretty much plays like sunless sea. The biggest difference is how it handles uh, combat. In Sunless Sea, um, the weapons on your ship had firing arcs. uh, And, you you know, that was represented. And as long as the ship was in the firing arc and your guns weren't damaged or whatever, you know, you were going to hit your target when you shot at them. In Sunless Sky, so far, the only weapons I have just fire directly forward on your ship. I have, like, you start with a, a cannon and some sort of shotgun type weapon um so a long range uh, precise weapon and then a weapon for short range combat and they just fire directly forward you do have lateral movement uh so that might be why they chose to to change the way that combat works but i much prefer the firing arcs for weapons as opposed to having to actually point your ship, because there's no aiming reticle, there's nothing that really indicates where your weapons are going to oh, go. I really don't like that. Aside from just aiming the ship, um, and after a couple of hours, I kind of got used to it, but I don't really like it. It it was much better before. Uh, I do know that there are some weapons like rockets and missiles and different level, you know, different types of cannons. So maybe it's a weapon specific thing. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have. I haven't had enough to 
or made enough money to purchase any new weapons. So I don't know if that's the case, but definitely the starter weapons, you just have to aim your ship and shoot, and I don't like that. Um, pretty much everything else about the game, though, is the same. Uh, they've added some some flair and a, a little bit of a different artistic style for the menus and the characters that you interact with. I mean, it's still menu-based, read the, the wall of text. So if you don't like that sort of thing, then this game won't appeal to you. Um, there's no voice acting still. Um, but everything looks a bit, a little bit better. There's more character portraits. The, the menus have got nice borders and, you know, they took some time to, to make it look nicer. Um, the actual chat system is the same. You still, uh, you know, basically like a dialogue tree, go down through and ask questions and get missions and whatnot. You still get the same sort of events that were in Sunless Sea when you're out flying around, you know, something will happen, your crew will pop up and say something, or if you kill an animal, you'll get the same dialogue for what to do with it, you know, eat, something like that. Poke it with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, the maps, the map is different. So previously, there was just a map, and some of the map was always the same. The area around Fallen London was always the same, but there was a certain point that once you got out to it, that map was procedurally generated. At least for the first map, that's not the case for Sunless Sky. There are multiple maps that you go to, and they represent different stars that a, a major city has been built at. Uh, I haven't gotten past the first map, because obviously I've only played it for a couple of hours, but they very quickly tell you, uh, basically... Uh, oh no, no, this isn't it. There's much more out there. This is only the first world. Like, there's a character that tells you, yes, you know, we can only colonize a certain area around the, the dying star, but there are more areas or more stars that you can go to. Or, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but a character tells you that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So there's there's different maps. So that's nice. And the first map is not, it, at least the first map is not procedurally generated at all, which I kind of like um, with how deliberate the dialogue and and gameplay progression is in uh, these games. I didn't like the idea of, you know, randomly generated stuff beyond a certain point because that could make it occasionally where you couldn't complete your character's main goal. As for character creation, it's roughly the same. Uh, you get... Actually, they, they added uh, secondary character traits whenever you create your character because before it was like, what's your background? Were you a, a soldier or a poet or whatever? And all of that still exists, and those are your primary starting stats. But then you can tweak it a little bit, and it'll be like, oh, like my character is a, an academic. So I get bonuses to hearts and something else. I don't remember all of what they call it. I, I, like, I get more health and more intelligence. And then there's a secondary thing. It's like, what did you study? And then you can choose... To either further reinforce the core skills or you can round out your character a little bit more by saying that you studied something that gives points to uh, essentially like your your cunning or and uh, your sneakiness or your combat or something. It's got strange names for names for things. But anyways, that's nice. And then they have a, a full-blown like character portrait creator now um, that's got a bunch of different options. Uh, like so in other words, you say something. made something hideous. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it, you know, it's that silhouette, 
like the first one, so there's not like big details, but you know, I made something that looks kind of like a lady, but not kind of an androgynous looking person. And then my title is uh, Lord. So, so far I haven't had to eat my crew yet, but that'll, I'm sure that'll happen because it has the same sort of mechanics of like fear and terror and that sort of deliciousness. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's a good start, a promising start. uh, If you really liked Sunless Sea, Uh, as long as the combat system either doesn't bug you too much or gets improved, I think Sunless Sky would be a good is a good follow up. I mean, the the quality writing is still there, even in this early stage. There's still even now. There's a couple of bits I've went to do, and it's like this will be inserted later in the game, or in a in a further update or whatever. We hope, but it it seems like they're trying to tell a more concrete story this time in the world. Um, I it doesn't feel quite so aimless starting out. Because in the first one, it's like you're in this port and you don't know what the fuck to do. And if you haven't played to fall in London, you don't know anything that's going on. So you just sort of, I mean, you don't wander around. You click around all the different menus and talk to a bunch of shit and people and rats. And then you go out and you explore and you immediately are killed by a sea monster. And, you know, it's it's very brutal. And this one seems like it's a, a bit less aimless and a bit more gentle to start you out. Um, it actually explains the game to you and then turns you loose. Basically tells you to go to this port town and to talk to somebody and they give you a mission and then it takes you to another town. And so I don't know, I'd, I'd really like to see a a bigger story told overall, um, with these games. They've got super talented writers and storytellers from, uh, both Fallen London and Sunless Sea. So I'm hoping they do something a little bit more with it, but even if they don't, I, I'm pretty sure I can look past the combat system based on what I've seen so far and uh, still enjoy the storytelling in this game. Yeah, I never actually went back and played more Sunless Sea. It just, uh, I think I was at about a point where I was doomed to die pretty soon, and I just was not looking forward to going through all the story bits again. That's kind of the downside of a story-heavy roguelite. Yeah, this one uses... Sunless Sea did this for your stuff, but this one uses the legacy system for everything, from what I can tell. Because um, when I, I... I did die once on purpose, just to see what would happen after, like, you... Oh, you pulled an Icarus, went too close to the sun? Yeah. Actually, there are there are places you can go where there's too much heat and your ship will take damage. But, uh, but yeah, like pretty early within like half an hour 45 minutes someone was like oh by the way you can now use uh this bank to store all of your stuff in so that if you die your your lineage can can have it so i just went and died and none of my missions changed or and the stuff that i put in the bank was there so i assume that they fixed that it also could be that i didn't like have any major missions so it didn't reset those more more play testing will be required but yeah I, I enjoy it. If if you, dear listener, played Sunless Sea and really liked that and wanted more of it, aside from the combat change, this is refined more of the same from Sunless Sea. I mean, right now it's 25 bucks. With it being early access, with this being such a story-heavy game, I don't think I'd buy it until it was out of early access. 
you know, ultimately that's your decision. But I do think that it's worth the money as long as you're okay with the change to the combat system. So yeah, there's Sunless Sky. Uh, the last game on my list will only take two minutes to go through. Uh, it's Dig Dug. Uh, Xbox Live arcade titles are being... I mean, I know Dig Dug's not an Xbox Live arcade title. Uh, it's just a port of Dig Dug <coughs> that they put on Xbox 360 several years ago. But uh, Xbox is pretty consistently every month adding a dozen or so backwards compatible titles to their Xbox One games library. And this last month, they released a whole bunch of the classic arcade titles on their backwards compatible list. And Katie really likes classic arcade games. So we downloaded... And I like I bought a big arcade pack years and years ago on Xbox 360. So we downloaded Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man and Dig Dug and uh, Asteroids and several other games that you know were part of that pack. Um, and she wanted to play Dig Dug, so we played Dig Dug today for about thirty or forty-five minutes. Um, I'm better at Dig Dug than Katie is, but she was pretty good at Dig Dug. Surprisingly, she she told me she had a friend in high school that had uh, an Atari and an old NES and some of those, like, plug-and-play TV games that have, you know, like a dozen classic arcade titles or whatever on them. She said she'd played Dig Dug a bunch before. We had fun. But, I mean, it's Dig Dug. And it, you know, if you don't know what Dig Dug is, it's a really old arcade title where you dig a hole in the ground, shoot an air pump in monsters, and blow them up. And for some reason, the monsters can kind of turn into ghost things and fly through the ground to get into the tunnels, and they kill you. And you just go until you die. That's it. It's fun, but, you know, it's a classic arcade title. And that's Dig Dug. And that's all the games I played this week. Yeah, well, actually, about on Tom. Hey, we did it for once. Yeah, no time to celebrate, though. Nope. Time to move on to our first uh, news topic of the week, which is Nintendo sells the box with Labo. Oh, this is my uh, <laughs> headline, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I, what, that was a little facetious? I figured that it was it was something that you editorialized. Can, you, it's can you blame me? No. This is a weird concept. Yeah. Uh, um, weird even for Nintendo, honestly. Right, so yeah, honestly, before we, we get into this, we should explain what the hell this is. Well, I was gonna say before we get into this, pause the podcast, go take it's like two and a half minutes, go watch the trailer for Labo, and then come back. We'll be here. Yeah, just waiting. Because it's gonna sound uh, uh, quick, really uh, shitty put, the way the, we explain. Uh, it. Why don't we put the break music in uh, here so <laughs> people can come back? <laughs> okay, I might do that. All right, we're done. Okay. okay. Yep, you're back. All right, because... What the fuck? The reason you went and watched that is because when we say they made something out of cardboard uh, that's kind of cute... Uh, essentially... You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Essentially, this is the old uh, Nintendo Wii uh, just random bullshit that they had with the controllers, but made out of cardboard. Yeah. I mean, I think that's... I, it, I don't think that's uh, too far off the point. No. Um, if you didn't go watch the video and you just continued plowing on, like... Probably some of you did. Nintendo has has taken cardboard and made it in, 
to little accessories that you can use with your Nintendo Switch to create sort of an augmented reality type experience. In the video, there's like a, it's not exactly a robot suit, but it's the closest thing you could get to one made out of cardboard. And this kid is like, as he moves the, the Joy-Cons like nunchucks, it like has some, well, well, no, 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 on no, it it's not, no, it's not, he's and, not moving the, uh, the uh, Joy-Cons. He's, uh, moving these pulleys. Uh, it, the Joy-Cons are actually, as far as I could tell from the robot, great. The robot's the one that they showed the most action, but not how it worked. Uh, I think that the, at least one of the Joy-Cons are in the backpack reading those pulleys. It's an interesting idea, uh, especially uh, how they're making it work. But there's the, before we get into how it works, there's the robot. There's a, uh, that's its own separate thing. Then there's a piano, uh, a, uh, well, a brush bot, one of the little, uh, hex bot things that it rumbles and it moves around. There's some sort of, uh, kind of falling over cardboard guy. Uh, a house. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. A bird. And there's something else. They said it was a pack of six and the robot, it's its own thing. Uh, bef- okay. First impressions uh, to you after watching this. Uh, it's really cute, but I don't understand how this is going to work because cardboard is, is garbage. <laughs> I, I worked, I worked in shipping for a number of years when I was in college and a, a little bit in high school. And cardboard boxes just fall apart all the time. And if you specifically reinforce cardboard and make it into sort of like a little cube thing or whatever, it can support a little bit of weight and stand up to a little bit. But, I mean, the way that they show these things being put together, it's just like cardboard cutouts that you fold together. Yeah, it looks so fucking fragile. Yeah. And so I don't know who this is for because adults, I don't want this. I don't want that. And children are going to destroy them immediately. Yeah, and uh, that's that was pretty much my first thought as well. I was expecting you to be all on board for this. You know, ready, get my wallet out. Uh, and I was expecting to be the cynical one, thinking, wow, this looks so fragile. Granted, it's neat, but it's not 70 and $80 neat. I expected yeah. this to be half the price at most, and that's with the software. And people are this is maybe this is where we're not in the call to Nintendo, but people are saying, well, that's a good price because it comes with the software. How? No, it, I, all this I think looks this like mini a- games. How is it? <laughs> how does that say it got 60 bucks for the software and 20 bucks for the cardboard? Granted, uh, supposedly, granted, you know, this is, you know, just rumors and uh, what actually happens happens. Uh, you also get the stencils, so you're able to bank replacement parts pretty easily, assuming you have the proper cardboard, because, you know, you build it with the wrong thickness, it doesn't work. And these, all these things work off, well, I shouldn't say all of them, but a good chunk of them work off of reflective stickers. And they're using the IR sensors and the Joy-Cons to read positions. That's how the piano works, and that's actually really brilliant is that the the piano is reading stickers on the back of the keys and noticing the motion in the keys so it's able to see, okay, a key like three and five are down, so it plays those notes. And it's also able to read the secondary uh, knob thing in the top so it can change the pitch 
and that's actually yeah. really intelligent. But the thing is that how hard is it going to be to get replaced with stickers if you know your kid spills grape soda over the keyboard and you know you have to replace all the keys and those stickers aren't going to fucking come off. Yeah, or if if your dog walks across the cardboard and smushes it. I mean, uh, all the re- now it's all wrinkly yeah. and doesn't work. I right mean, anymore. all the stencils in the world aren't going to replace those stickers. Yeah, uh, green. Yeah, yeah. The, the stickers could be just simple, uh, yeah, reflective things, but at the same time, there could be some sort of well, I don't want to call it code, but you know, a pattern in it to tell the Joy-Con. Especially if it, the piano is the one that interests me the most uh, out of it, just the way it works. Uh, and it's also, well, they showed how the piano works, how the motorcycle game works, the, which the motorcycle game, I'm expecting to last for 15 minutes. The motorcycle was the one we forgot earlier. Yeah, motorcycle. Uh, yeah. Well, they opened up the motorcycle, and it's just this complex thing of rubber bands and string. <laughs> yeah, literally rubber bands and string. So, if uh, I think that this is a neat idea, and if Nintendo sold just the the stencils or even just like i don't know instructions that you could buy for five or ten dollars sold the stencil pack and and suggested you know uh, retailers with a particular cardboard because that's the thing is that uh, i think people are forgetting just how variable cardboard is and some of these pieces are absolutely huge yeah so it's not just, yeah. you know, all right, oh, I'll just go get poster board. Does it work? Yep, doesn't work. It's like, oh, I'll just go buy a moving box. That's too thick. Yeah, and it's also you know, too go- small because, uh, you know, you're looking at just the flat sides. Right. So. I think people are underestimating I mean, just how hard it's going to be to make replacement parts. And uh, Yeah, it's, it's a neat concept. It's a fun idea. If it was a lot less expensive or some sort of PR, like, free thing that they did um then you know that would be great i'd be all about it but for what they're charging it's just like i don't understand who is this for i'm sure that there are some people out there who are older maybe teenagers even adults who would be like yeah well, this is great well, well let's put take it this good way care of it uh, i think they i think they showed their target audience with the release date when is the release date i don't april 20th i don't remember that I'll give you a moment to puzzle this one out. No, I got it. It's 420. I mean, uh, that's the only thing I could think of because it's going to be too fragile for uh, kids, really. And and uh, it's probably going to be too small for adults to really do much with. They are... Uh, all the packs talk about, you know, different size things, especially the robot pack. And that's what really puzzles me is that the robot is its own separate thing and that is 80 bucks, if a memory serves correctly, and the other one's 70, or am I... I think that's correct, or close enough. Yeah, you know, $80 for a robot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nifty, but yeah, I just, I don't get it. And I don't, I don't even think that's, this is a maybe I'm old. This isn't a maybe I'm old. I don't think this is one of those situations. I just think this is Nintendo being Nintendo, and they're doing something fucking weird. Because they, they have to, because they're Nintendo. Well, here's something else I don't get. Is that everybody, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but I've seen several of the larger uh, gaming sites applauding Nintendo for being eco-friendly on this because they're not uh, filling the landfills with uh, plastic trash. At the same time, can you imagine how much cardboard this is going to be? A lot. I mean, I mean, it is a renewable resource, but still. 
Yeah, cardboard's biodegradable and also recyclable, but cardboard is not very space efficient when it comes to like getting rid of it. It's and and homes are not going to take the time. Like most people are not going to take the time to properly dispose of it. When it goes bad, they're going to wad it up. They're going to chalk it in their trash. Yeah, it's not going to go in the recycling bin for uh, most things. And even if it does, it's not going to be disassembled most likely. So you're going to have the rubber bands in it and all the string in it. It'll be a good fire starter when it breaks. If you have a, a fireplace or a fire pit, <laughs> it'll be good for that. Cardboard's really good for starting fires. Yeah, I do. I am interested in how the technology works behind this because, well, the robot. Uh, the robot is a really neat. I think it's likely the most neatest, or the neatest one out of the bunch, just with how it works. Uh, it all works on string pulleys and weights. And the Joy-Con, or at least one of the Joy-Cons, is likely in the bottom of the thing. It might, maybe the top, but somewhere in that backpack, reading the position of those weights. And it's using that to figure out the position of the rubber arms and legs, because it's reading both arms and legs with this. But at the same time, I'm thinking, okay, this works off gravity. The kid is going to be jumping around. Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fall apart. Well, not just fall apart, but it's not gonna read uh you know, one to one very quickly because you know kid jumps and uh, does a punch move or you know uh, pulls his arm back. Uh, you know, there's gonna be slack in the line, but you know he's uh, jumping around and it's gonna be it's gonna be some you know, delay. And I just don't see this being a sixty dollar game. Maybe it's just I'm cheap. Well, depending on how, when it comes to the actual content within the mini games, I mean, some of Nintendo's best stuff is mini games. Nintendo Land was one of the better games for the Wii U, and that was the pack-in like mini games. Yeah, but this, but, but that was pack-in. Uh, uh, One Two Switch did not sell all that well, from what I've heard, and and no. that was a mini game compilation that people complained that should have been a pack-in title. Wii Sports. Two or whatever it was called, Electric Island or something like that. Yeah, that was a a solid mini game entry for the original Wii. Yeah, but you know the original yeah, Wii Sports the, was the pack. Yeah, but the Wii is just this weird thing where it hit a lot of non gamers. So, or, or I shouldn't say non gamers, but it hit uh, an untapped market. So people were more willing to buy mini game compilations. And to be fair, that was. 70, 80% of the Wii's uh, library to begin with? I just don't know what... If, if yeah, if the content's good enough, uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't have a Switch. Even if I did have a Switch, I wouldn't buy this. It doesn't f- work well for anybody in my house. Katie would think it was stupid. I don't see the point. King's too little. Oh, uh, he's... Uh, but, uh, no, he's old enough to completely destroy this. Yeah. But... Yeah, I suppose if the minigame content is good enough, maybe, but still, What if it's laminated cardboard? No, it can't be laminated because uh, they showed uh, people drawing on and decorating it. Yeah, coloring the house. Well, I mean, oh, oh, there, were, oh, there was a fishing rod as well. I forgot about the fishing rod. Uh, oh, may, maybe yeah. there's some sort of uh, yeah, uh, crossover with uh, some of those, uh, with the variety pack. But yeah, it's just so weird. It's Nintendo being Nintendo. Yeah, it's cute. 
it's a neat idea, but it's a very Nintendo idea, and I don't see the point. Well, I do. It's going to be uh, in the VGO Awards at the end of the year. Probably. Can't, I can't wait to hear some of the other gaming podcasts I listen to talk about this thing. Because, I mean, I won't get it. Even if I had a Switch, I wouldn't get it. Even if I buy a Switch this year, I won't get it. So, But I just want to know what it actually does. You know, how it actually works. Yeah, I mean, most of this looks fairly simple. The robots uh, in the uh, motorcycle are the most complex looking games. But it's a motorcycle racing game. And, and, yeah. and, I'm, and those are also the two that look the most interesting to me, but also look the most fragile and likely to break very quickly. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm expecting uh, cardboard prices to go suddenly a little bit higher. <laughs> I doubt it. Cardboard is so cheap. Well, I should say Nintendo suggested cardboard. Ah. Yeah. Or do you think they will sell or refill packs? Probably. Because it, because even if they, they give away the stencils, these what well, we talked about this. It's not going to be easy to replace these things. Uh, it's not just uh, you know finding the car- proper cardboard and the proper size because th- those cardboard sheets that they showed looked like they were fairly sizable. It's also just how complex the pieces are. Yeah. And if oh, there was a gun, I forgot about the gun. Oh yeah. Oh. But uh, so the variety pack probably has a lot of small part, uh, small uh, projects. Uh, the uh, but you know, just getting the parts co- uh, the, with the stencil correct is just going to be. I, I I could only imagine that being a nightmare. Yeah, you'd have to take a long time to very carefully cut them out. Yeah, I I foresee uh, a lot of refill packs for kids, and uh, parents are probably yep. thinking, okay, why am I paying eighty bucks for cardboard? I mean, it, cardboard is is pretty cheap, even if you go buy it in the store. But being on the buying in bulk from suppliers, you can get God the amount of cardboard that or what it would cost to make all of this stuff if you bought cardboard from like one of the big suppliers would genuinely be about two bucks. Yeah, maybe I'm just being uh, economically or not economically, but environmentally not conscious. But I'm not sure that I have this in plastic. I would too, or or, or at least parts of it, you know, not have the entire thing in cardboard. But if you know, if they want to have, you know, yeah, uh, certain sections of it, you know, plastic and cardboard, oh, it's just so weird. Yeah, that's Nintendo for you. Yeah, yeah, the Japanese are just strange to begin with, and Nintendo's strange for Japanese. Indeed, or is that racist? I can't tell. I don't think so. At least not in this case. <laughs> Alrighty. Moving on to our next news topic of the day. Speaking of cards. Invi- yeah, NVIDIA's anti-minor retailer advice is just an empty gesture to PC gamers. So this past week, NVIDIA uh, made a statement. AMD's also that- made one uh, trying to get uh, retailers to just sell to gamers, but not as strong as NVIDIA's. Yeah, and NVIDIA came out and strongly suggested that retailers don't sell graphics cards, or at least keep some graphics cards for gamers to purchase so that they're not at inflated uh, inflated rates. I think inflated is an understatement at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's impossible to match pre-made uh, 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 computers right now. 
at just price, uh, you know, dollar for parts. Which it's yeah, been the, the only- this is the first time I think in what fifteen years that uh, that's happened. Yeah, it's been a long time since since you could buy a pre-built system cheaper than you could make one. And it comes down to graphics cards and RAM pretty much at this yeah, point. Yeah, RAM isn't nearly as bad. It's looks like it may be starting to level out, but it's still stupidly expensive. Even even the second-hand market is, has gotten pretty inflated for graphics cards. Even several generations back graphics cards. Because in the PC that I just recently built for Katie, uh, I bought a, a 750... Or GTX 750 Ti from eBay, and they have been historically around forty-ish dollars, maybe fifty bucks if you get one of the, you know, the branded ones that has, uh, I don't know, from they've got like the big aftermarket fans and shit like that on them. But these were all like in the sixty, seventy, eighty dollar range, and eBay was running a deal around Black Friday where you could get some eBay credit. So I still managed to get it for about 45 bucks. But, you know, the secondhand market has seen inflation. And the newer... Well, that's just... Uh, well, uh, that's trickled down the, from, you know, nobody be able to buy firsthand uh, cards anymore. Yeah. So the uh, the market has gotten crazy. Hopefully, or maybe, with uh, the recent drop... Well, crash in Bitcoin, it's dropped over 50% in value compared to what it was at at the start of the year. And then due to that and then some other factors like uh, I believe it's Vietnam and South Korea and China are all introducing legislation to much more heavily regulate cryptocurrency because they're having or at least they're addressing an issue they're having with people using it as a way to uh, launder money. Uh, So they want to prevent criminals from from using cryptocurrency and because this is something that is uh cryptocurrencies in general being something that are global even though there's no such regulations in the united states or europe or pretty much anywhere else at this point i think someone in russia mentioned it but that probably won't happen in russia but anyways you know because the currencies themselves are, are global entities they will be affected by this regulation everywhere and the last couple of weeks has seen a small but steady decline in almost all cryptocurrency values. So maybe this market crash will, or at least market slump, will do something to reduce the amount of people that are going batshit for making mining rigs. Yeah, which, uh, because all the uh, RAM, or not all the RAM, but most of the RAM is going into graphics cards because graphics cards are flying off the shelves because people are buying 50-plus graphics cards. There's been more than once I've seen people posting about, oh, we just uh, wiped out all the stores in uh, the town. Uh. Yeah, there was that Reddit post that was like a a boyfriend and girlfriend had bought, there's like 25 or 30 graphics cards stacked up in that picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck them and the horse they rode in on. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a little while. Yeah, that's good. So... NVIDIA has made similar but, statements well, 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 about... Uh, well, I was saying that the RAM price is suffering from uh, the graphics cards because they're eating up more RAM trying to uh, you know, keep up with demand. Granted, it's not quite the same RAM. It's yeah, the, There's only so many factories that produce RAM in general. Yeah, but I mean, they all use the same basic materials. So if a factory is making uh, RAM for graphics cards, you know, VRAM, mm-hmm. then they're not making just regular 
RAM. It feels weird to say that. They're not, they're, they're not making, they're not making RAM, RAM. They're making uh, VRAM. They're not making SRAM. They're making VRAM. Well, right? well, VRAM is video RAM. SRAM would be system RAM. Yeah, and these uh, uh, people that buy 50 graphics cards could just RAM it. hi What I'm looking forward to is in a couple of years... The crash and when, people selling off all their cards for cheap. Uh-huh, and you can get like a, a, a 1080 Ti or super clocked or whatever uh, you know for i'd be hesitant to buy those just with uh, the amount of abuse they've uh, suffered well the the biggest problem with it would be the fan but especially i know that the the 108 the 1070 and the 1080 both have easily replaceable fans yeah well the um, well, it, the 480 that i have uh it's really easy to replace the fans as a matter of fact uh the uh company sapphire uh, sells the fans uh, as their own little thing. It's yeah. You, you just unscrew the cover and replace the fan. No, it's not even that. It's it's simpler than that. They're held in by one screw, and they're their own little module. Okay, I didn't I didn't know that about the 480. Although it well, might the, just be the it, Sapphire it's the, 480. It's, it's the Sapphire 480. It's uh, it's a specific thing for Sapphire branded. Well, I should say manufactured uh, graphics cards. Okay, I don't have one of the sapphire ones, but mine. All you have to do is uh, there's two. Is it two screws or four screws? It's probably four screws. There's four screws that hold the cover on, and you can just take the cover off and replace the fan that way. You don't have to do anything else to it. And then you just screw the cover back on. And mine also is uh, proprietary modules, but eh. uh, they're not that expensive. I know the 1080 is like that as well. You don't even have to take anything off. You just unscrew the fan. And replace it. Um, not well. Not even the whole fan. It's just like a, a bearing and actual fan blade replacement. So you don't have to redo thermal paste or anything. Although honestly, on a mining GPU, I'd probably want to reapply thermal paste to yeah. the, the chip. Yeah, because but, I could only imagine the abuse uh, a mining GPU is uh, done. I mean, it had to be running full uh, tilt the entire time. Yeah, because these won't be people like me who are hobbyist level. Like, I don't run my mining stuff 24-7. And even then, I don't run it at full blast just because I don't want to induce too much extra wear and tear on a GPU. I'll run them at 25 or 50% capacity. You know, something that it would be doing during uh, normal gaming for me when I'm going to do that. Just because, yeah, I don't want to lengthen the life of those parts in any way. But NVIDIA has done has have made statements to retailers before and they've gotten yelled at about it basically by the <laughs> consumer base and also by retailers being like you can't tell us what to do so this just seems like a gentle suggestion like hey yeah uh, maybe yeah. maybe sell some of these to gamers yeah, yeah, too, if you, guys. yeah if you could sell those to gamers that'd be great i don't think that anybody's the, yeah, gonna the, do yeah there's about no this, though, way because- to uh, really enforce it unless NVIDIA and AMD does something at the hardware level to try to curb miners. And honestly, that would be unfamably stupid of them. Yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, your graphics cards are flying off the shelf. Who cares why people are, are buying them? You know, on the consumer level, people like you who are trying to build new PC. You know, I mean, me too. I'm set with my personal build for a while. But, you know, people who build gaming PCs are frustrated, understandably so. But from a business standpoint, there's no reason that anybody should do anything about this because they're making money hand over fist. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I did get my video card, but yo, know, I'm being hit by the uh, RAM price increase, and I, I'll just 
I just cannot justify spending more than twice what I had planned for even close to half the RAM. I mean, that's the thing is that it it's not just doubled. It's for the speed I wanted uh, closer to tripled. Yeah. That's one reason why I, why I always build at least one, maybe two generations back. You don't get that much of a performance hit by not being on the bleeding edge and you save a lot of money. Yeah, maybe I should reconsider. still would be Maybe I should reconsider, but then it would be going to Intel, which uh, is not saving a lot of money on the uh, on the CPU. So Yeah, not unless you want to get into overclocking and stuff. You can some of the 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 unlocked Nvidia or not Nvidia, unlocked Intel CPUs can have some pretty high performance if you really overclock and hit the uh, lottery on them. Yeah, yeah. Win the win the lottery, and also put a pretty substantial overclock on on your CPU. Yeah, but you're still but, hitting you know, the RAM problem because even DDR3 is uh, way up in price now. Yeah. yeah Grant, it's not as expensive. It's but it's still stupid. Even even DDR2 is up. Well, I would imagine DDR2. I, it's just nobody's really making it anymore. It possibly. But DDR3 but, is. Still, yeah, uh, uh, seeing some use, but at the same time, uh, I imagine it's also reduced uh, uh, production and people are going back a generation, getting DDR3 and breaking that price up. So the the, uh, PC manufacturer is just absolutely stupid right now. Yeah, I believe all the way up to the sixth generation of the Intel's i-series chips are still compatible or still go with boards that use DDR3. Um, I, I'm pretty sure at the the seventh generation, they now go with boards that use DDR4. Definitely the eighth gen chips do. Uh, so anything else here? It's just, this is just them saying, um, try, they're trying to get good press essentially because people are pissed with them. Yeah. And I, I, I Which, can't really blame uh, you know, NVIDIA and uh, AMD right now because uh, they just got inundated and it's not as simple as say, well, just increase your manufacturer. It's not that easy, especially because there's the RAM shortage already from... Well, why is there a RAM shortage? There's uh, people talking about uh, the floods, but... Cell phones. And, uh, well, I was about to say, and cell phones and that sort of thing. Uh, and Yeah, smartphone manufacturers have been eating up a lot of the uh, sort of, I guess you could say, world production of of RAM the last few years, and it just hasn't been able to catch up yet. Yeah, even up until probably 2015, there were still lots of people who did not have smartphones, but pretty much nobody doesn't have a smartphone, at least in first world countries. Yeah, I mean, although there's over half the world's population has cell phones, even in like you know, what you would think of as third world African countries, what Republicans like to call shitholes. <laughs> ah, you see what I did there? I'm on a roll. I got elite dangerous cryptocurrency and a political joke all in the first half of the show. But I'll just anyways, wait till we get to the third half. <laughs> much of the world uses uh, smartphones and there's been an increase in production in various models of smartphones. There are several new smartphone uh, producers in the game 
Google has really started rolling out. I mean, they've had smartphones for a long time, but the last couple of years, Google's had a big increase in smartphone development and tablets. You know, well, it, there's well, just a- even Japan is starting to really get on smartphones. Which that, I know this is going to sound weird, but Japan for a long time uh, would uh, stick with flip phones for some reason. It's some sort of cultural thing. Yeah. Uh, they just didn't have uh, yeah the jump over to smartphones right away. And I know this is probably not a good way to uh, put my point across, but just look at anime in general. It, uh, pretty much every time you saw a phone, it would be a flip phone. Up until more recent yeah. years. I ha- I don't know if this is true. I read on like some news article somewhere actually talking about this, that they said that it was cultural, like it was just considered rude. Yeah. To, to be staring at your phone all the time, but yeah, yeah, Japan is a really uh, true. Uh, or not. It, well, it's a different culture, and uh, please don't be like Paul Logan. Oh, you got one too. You got well, one too. Way to go! Oh, well, it wouldn't kill me to do a joke like that. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure the body didn't make a noise. Ooh. Sorry. Uh, but uh, but I'm not even uh, I'm not even talking about that particular video. I've watched a few other uh, uh, Japanese vloggers uh, talking about him, and he was an absolute dick in Japan in general. Yeah, but yeah, uh, he. It's just a prank, bro. It's just a prank. I mean, when you're uh, dressed up as as Pikachu throwing a a, a plushy Pokeball at uh, pedestrians, you're an asshole. Yep. Anyways, moving on, I think. Yeah. Did you have anything before I just... Uh, not really. I'm, I'm hoping to eventually build, but I just sat down and I looked at the price and I just couldn't really justify it. Yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I've said this a couple of times on here, but hopefully my gaming PC lasts about two more years. I mean, hell, I, well, I sat down and I looked at uh, Black Friday and I was looking at prices and... The most expensive part I would be buying uh, wouldn't be the CPU. It would be the fucking RAM by a significant margin. And it just, I couldn't do it. And this was uh, uh, motherboard RAM, two hard drives. <laughs> uh, I was just going to transplant into my current case. So I was going to recycle the case. It's just, I, I couldn't bite the bullet. Yeah. Whenever I build a new PC next time, I'm just going to go full out. I've, I, we talked off recording about my, my case issue. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't want to go through that. This will just become another PC in the house somewhere, and I'll just build a completely new one from scratch. But I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go with a Ryzen 7, like this generation of Ryzen 7. Well, or a, this is it AMD of, uh, releasing another generation of the Ryzen, so. Uh, the current rises yeah. uh, all start dropping in price, most likely. Right. Uh, that's also yeah, that c- so, something that uh, kind of held me off was that I was hearing rumors of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in a couple of years, I'm, whenever I do this, like I said, I always go back a couple of generations. So I don't know if I'll go with this generation Ryzen 7 or this generation of the i7, the 87 whatever K. Yeah, right now I'm just Although just for shits and... Just for shits and giggles, I've considered buying one of the Intel, like, 18 or 20-core CPUs just to be, like, 
fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> never need another CPU ever. Never say never with computer parts. Very true. Very true. I won't need a new one until this one dies. Speaking of dying. Yes, indeed. Anyways, Activision's <laughs> Destiny 2 is struggling as gamers are unhappy over microtransactions. Uh, so which controversy are we talking about yet then? Because this has more controversy. Well, not more, but close to as many as uh, the president. It's, it's just overall general fatigue is the sense that I get from this. I mean, the last three months from Destiny. Well, well there's, uh, it's um, been a, a, it's been a vicious cycle. They've released an update or launched the game. Uh, we'll count that as the same. Uh, gamers find something that's, either fucking stupid, broken, or manipulative. Or a combination. Yeah, or a combination thereof. Bungie apologizes, releases patch, repeat cycle. Yep. And that's happened four or five I times. I think we're up to half a watch. dozen now. Yeah, okay. So because there's, there's the XP thing, there was uh, two events, there... Uh, that... I don't even follow the game, and I've heard about all these. By the way, they locked out content. Yeah, the, from people yeah, the content didn't have the expansion. Yeah, uh, uh, XP gating uh, or paywalling, I should say, uh, existing content. And I'm sure we're forgetting a couple. <laughs> yeah, and I I will say on and, that, and one, that's three months. MMOs, MMOs do occasionally that if you don't have the. But Bungie's like, we're not an MMO, we're not an MMO, and people well, were defending well, them. Well, like, well, well, that's what MMOs well, do. Well, here's the thing, here's the thing, is that when an MMO, MMO does it, usually it's to completely rework the content. See what World of Warcraft did when it uh, uh, removed a raid to redo it, and it put it behind the expansion content, because it was fucking reworked. And add to the fact that they paywalled uh, raid content uh, was it raid or just uh, whatever uh, it was uh, raid uh, raid content two three weeks after the PC launch it was even a full fucking month yeah I'm really starting to think that Halo was just a fluke well I mean the Bungie I realize that half- B- Bungie now is not the Bungie then but still uh, there it's just even, not, even half, not just uh, Destiny 2, Destiny 1 also had these issues. And they should have fucking learned from the first game, and they didn't. And people bought this game thinking, well, it's going to be better this time. Well, guess what? You're caught in a vicious cycle where, where you Destiny get fucked in the ass, 1, and then they apologize and you know, buy you dinner afterwards. Destiny 1 wasn't as bad as Destiny 2 with a lot of these things. Um, they never locked anybody out of content. It's just you couldn't, you know, if you didn't have the new stuff, then you couldn't do the new stuff. But nothing was ever locked away from you. They didn't have microtransactions. <sighs> All the cosmetics weren't one-time use. I mean, Destiny 1 had its own set of stupid problems that Destiny 2 fixed some of. Like, not having an actual story and all of the lore being outside the game on the website. But, uh, Destiny 2 has got a, now has a, a free trial on... Well, it's on everything, uh, the Xbox, PS4, and PC. But you can play the game up to level 7, which people have said is like the first several hours of the campaign. 
and that if you buy the game afterwards, you can keep going. And it originally didn't have that. Like, that's come out in the last month and a half. After hearing everything about Destiny 2, no thanks. My assumption is that they want people to try it so that you'll get invested and then buy into it. The first hit's free. Yep. Which, uh, I do applaud them for having a demo, but they're fucking shady, so... It feels uh, odd talking about Bungie like this. Yeah. I mean, the the original Halo trilogy, awesome games by Bungie. Then they I'll lost t- roughly your, half their team. Uh, all right, word on that one. Then they lost roughly half their team when Microsoft actually bought out Halo uh, and rolled that into 343 Industries, which has made all Halos 4 and 5. And then Destiny was, at its core, a really good playing game, but it had a lot of issues with design. Uh, And then Destiny 2 fixed a lot of the issues with design, but then has now gotten into the modern-day shady-as-shit, let's-exploit-all-of-our-players BS. In other words, they become a AAA uh, gaming uh, platform. Pretty much, pretty much. I have, I, and I've, I've heard from people who have played Destiny. They've been like, "Man, if it just, even like Jim Sterling, who's like, you know, if this game just didn't have all this bullshit in it, it would be a really good game that I would recommend to people." But it's so shady and manipulative and all of that jazz. Sad day, but at least it, I think this is a good thing. People are leaving the game enough that they're worried about it. Yeah. Uh- because they don't want to put up with this yeah, garbage. Yeah, the uh, this is uh, the what what's uh, linking to is an analyst talking about how the game is struggling and they're seeing uh, they're they're foreseeing profit loss for Bungie, which is yeah not unfamable at this point. I mean there there's also the entire petition about removing the Eververse, <laughs> which is their in game store that a good chunk of progression seems to be tied to. Yep. You have to go there anyways to decrypt bright engrams, which are like... Loot boxes. The equivalent of of loot boxes. Those were in the first game, too. They were just randomized loot drops. But the the ones that you get in the game, like, you unlock from there, and you don't have to pay any money, but also that's where you can buy them. So it's like, oh, I'm going to unlock this one. I didn't get what I want? Well, maybe I could buy a few and see if I get what I want then. So, yep. Thanks, but no thanks. I'll just be sad that Bungie or that Destiny Two was a letdown, and move on and play one of my other mini hundreds. Sorry, of games. can't hear you playing Warframe. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, Rhino's codpiece could only be so erect. Wink. All right, next topic. Okay, so next up is the anti-piracy uh, anti-piracy firm Denuvo acquired by. What, how do you pronounce this again? Or Dedo to protect the gaming industry. And just hearing the phrase protect the gaming industry just sends shivers down my spine. Did you put that in quotes? That, that's that, that's the article. The article. Uh, that's not editorialized. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then Erdetto must have said that they were doing that. When I read that, I, I initially thought, oh, someone's buying Denuvo and they're going to, I don't know, make it not garbage or not use it on games anymore. Yeah, that that is but, on the article itself. You can look and see. I did not put that there. 
Yeah, but it looks like Ardetto is also an what is it? An online security firm or Yeah, I'm just uh the world leader in uh, the digital platform security. Uh I, I this feels shady to me. I, I don't trust this. Maybe it's just I don't like Denuvo in the first place because there's a lot of scuttlebutt going around with just how it impacts game performance. And there's been a few games. Uh, was it Had in Time? Or, no, it wasn't Had in Time. But there was one of the new retro uh, 3D platformers that had Denuvo but didn't implement it very well. And it was uh, doing just all sorts of oddball checks. And it was just crashing game performance. Ardetto or Denuvo? Okay. All right. Just making sure we're, we're on the same one. Yeah, Denuvo's caused problems in multiple games before. Uh, one of the Assassin's Creed games was unplayable beca- because of Denuvo. Well, uh, Assassin's Creed um, Origins is seeing uh, performance drops uh, because of the CPU problems that's been going around. Because of how it handles Denuvo, because it does a virtual machine to protect Denuvo while it protects, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed. Which, uh, we've seen articles come out before about how piracy doesn't really impact sales because the people that are pirating are doing one of two things. They're either using it as a demo to see, you know, just how the game plays. Because honestly, games marketing sucks. Yeah, it does. And games journalism sucks even harder. Unless you find a YouTuber that you could really trust that covers these games, there's really no way to get an objective opinion. Because there's just so much slimy stuff in games journalism. And sort of pseudo-astroturfing of marketing. I mean, how it, it's really hard to trust a review when the site you're going to has a themed ad set for that game. At least in my opinion. You know, it's a little hard to think that uh, PC Gamer is being objective. If they have a, uh, their site themed around Assassin's Creed Origins, if I'm reading an Assassin's Creed Origins uh, review on that site. Granted, I never did that. That's just an example, but still. So seeing... Them talking about protecting the gaming industry by uh, purchasing the Nuvo and rolling it into their own thing is just. Uh, I don't trust this. Yeah, I don't either. And although I don't like you know, DRM yeah. anyways, or obtrusive DRM like this. I mean, hell, Steam is technically DRM, even though it's more of a platform these days. But uh, this, uh, let's see, hackers and cyber criminals in the gaming space are savvy and always have been. It is critical to implement robust security strategies to combat the latest gaming threats and protect the investment in games. As much as, like the movie industry, uh, because that is a good p- comparison that you want to fucking make, it's uh, the only way to ensure great games continue to be made, uh, said the uh, managing director of Denuvo, now uh, Endaro, in, in so yeah. Uh, Ryan, his name's Reinhard. Reinhard Blokovic. Kazuntite. I think that's how you say his last name. I mean, do you really want to make a comparison to the movie industry? <laughs> yeah. No. 
and also that's a false statement because most indie games don't have DRM unless they are sold through a site like Steam. So, and and that's not been a problem for them. As far as I know, there are still some AAA level titles that don't actually include DRM either, or they have they don't use Denovo or Denuvo. They use something in house, and a lot of times once it's broken, it gets removed anyways. Because once the cracked version is out there, there's no way to get it yeah, back. And uh, the other problem with Denuvo that a lot of people don't really talk about is that okay, it phones home occasionally uh, to check to see that you know it's still good. What happens when those servers go offline? Yeah, this was actually the problem that it had with one of the older Assassin's Creed games. I don't, I don't remember which one it was, but uh, uh the broken one. Oh wait, it was, it was put in in the way that it was implemented. Something was broken with it, so if you weren't always online, then it would immediately close your game and think it was a pirated copy, because it instead of checking in every so often, it was constantly every few seconds checking in. Yeah, just. Uh, I don't want to uh, make it sound like, uh, yeah, we're flying the Jolly Roger, well, all the time. But uh, it's just really hard to get behind this, really. And then there's the whole uh, uh, rumors, which have supposedly been disproven, that Denuvo uh, and its uh, uh, constant encryption was causing uh, trouble with SSDs, which I doubt is true, but at the same time, yeah. It could be some sort of edge case as well. And it could just be when Denuvo's uh, implemented poorly, which then has never happened except for the half dozen cases that we talked about already. Plus more that we're probably unaware of. Or just uh, simply, uh, yeah, uh, forgetting about. It's just. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, I've uh, been reading uh, online a little bit about this that. They're thinking about using it as a pseudo anti-cheat thing on console games because of the way Denuvo works, which is also seems you know, odd. Yeah, we 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 briefly talked about this before the show, and as as someone who has recently, I mean, still does occasionally play games on console. Granted, that's just I speculation. don't understand uh, if they do that. I don't understand how or why because these online environments on consoles have become. You know, they're walled gardens. You have to play by their rules, otherwise they kick you out. So the only way that this would prevent anything is on that one fringe case where someone's gotten a hold of a dev console or just heavily modded one of their own consoles and are playing games offline or are genuinely, like, really good hackers and have somehow figured out a way to connect a modded console to one of the online services. I know Xbox Live, if it detects uh, that your console is modded, they immediately terminate your live account and ban your console on uh, based on its MAC address. And it'll never work again on Xbox Live. So I don't know what the point is of of them speculating like that they're going to do something with that, but who knows? Maybe they'll find some new way to fuck it up. Uh, well, uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I'm just imagining Denuvo's uh, you know, overhead on consoles. That's That's going to be fun to watch. As the as the, yeah, as the modern, consoles burst into flames, modern consoles already run pretty tightly because instead of just being, you know, a, a way for games to be played, you know, just uh, the software component that runs whatever contents on the disc. I mean, they're now full fledged operating systems, just like tablets or your phone. There's a certain amount of overhead they have, anyways, to just run the operating system. 
that's one of Xbox, the the Xbox One, the original launch, and even the One S to some extent had because they had too much overhead and they bloat. weren't able to use the full performance. Yeah, too much bloat and they couldn't get the full performance, which granted was not a ton, but you know, you you shave ten or fifteen percent off of what you've got right off the bat. You might as well just shoot off one of your own feet and then go run a mile. Uh, no thanks. I'm close to that already. That was one of Kinect's big problem. Uh, and in its original release, it was using something like 10% of the Xbox's processing power at idle. Yeah. Just because it was uh, yeah, the- set by default to always be on and listening for commands and stuff. Yeah, the Kinect uh, had its own issues as well. So, uh, it- I just don't get this. Who knows? Probably looks like a good move from a business standpoint. I just don't understand that business. Also, I don't understand its practical application, but if they think they can make money off of it, that's why they're going to do it. So, other things we don't understand? (laughs) Is that a way to segue to the next next news topic? Uh, Let's go with it. All right. John Cena is in talks to start a Duke Nukem movie. Yeah, Jim also linked this, but... I saw this independently, and it's a slow news week. I kind of see where a Duke Nukem could work, but I don't think it would. It's just, Duke Nukem is so over the top that I don't think even Michael Bay, who's attached to this, would be able to do Duke Nukem justice. Never mind the fact that John Cena is lacking, I would say, about 50 pounds of muscle to beat Duke Nukem. (laughs) John John uh, Cena could be Duke Nukem with a little bit of a bodysuit and some CG effects. John Cena over can John really, St. John. Yeah, but John Cena can do the camp. He can play the part. I, I've seen John Cena do a few other movies and a couple of games outside of you, you know WWE stuff. John Cena just has fun with it, and that's what you need for this sort of movie. But I don't. Yeah, Michael Bay is not a good choice because Michael Bay wouldn't be able to make this funny. He'd try and do it really seriously. I mean, you'd get another Transformers. Uh, well, Transformers, Transformers with movies tits. Are, yeah, lots of tits. Oh, you've already got those, though. Yeah, but these, but, the yeah, but these are exp- exposed tits. That's completely different. The, the, the breasts would be exposed for our pleasure. I mean, this would be a hard R. hi But, yeah, I don't think Michael Bay could really do it justice because he would try and turn it into something that Duke Nukem is not, which is schlocky, 80s-style action comedy. Uh, uh, Or or they'll try to give Duke Nukem a backstory to make him a sympathetic character. Duke Nukem is not a likable character. No. The best way that they could do it... Have you seen the newest or the most recent Judge Dredd movie? It's just called Dredd. Okay, I'll, I'll have to... Uh, get you uh, a copy of that uh, without maybe by waving the Jolly Roger. Actually, I think I have a digital copy. Anyways, if they did this like movie like the Dread, uh, the newest Dread movie, I think it would work really well. Uh, because the new Dread, uh, you just have to watch it. I don't want to spoil it. You it's sad it, over the top. It's done. It's sad over the top? No, it's not. It just captures the spirit of the Judge Dread character from the comics and i think that yeah, that's not style i've heard of, it, it's very different from uh sylvester Stallone. Uh, i am the law 
Oh yeah, it's very, very different from that, in a good way. And I think that if they did Duke Nukem like that, and then just sort of turned on the schlockiness a little bit, like just turned the schlock dial a little bit, you know, up, it would be perfect. I, I said when we were, before we were recording, that I thought that Uva Bowl should do this one. Like, he makes terrible movies, but one of the best ways you could do a Duke Nukem movie is make it so bad it's good. And a couple yeah, but, of yeah, but the problem films is that, uh, are so bad. Yeah, but the good. problem is that Uva Bowl wouldn't have the budget to do it uh, properly. He could still probably get John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that would be a problem. I just I can't think of any director though who could. Do I, I'm it just justice. I'm just foreseeing this being sort of like Doom, where yes, it kind of t- is on a par, but it just doesn't hit. Yeah. Or they try to, or they try to go in the video game uh, uh, direction of it too much, and not make it an interesting <laughs> movie. Because that's the other problem with uh, Duke Nukem is that he's a paper thin character. So if uh, yeah. so, you can't really have much of a story there. Yeah, Duke Nukem is a caricature of '80s action movie stars, and '80s action movie stars are already pretty thin. So I don't really know what you could do with him except keep him that way without completely ruining the spirit of the film. I don't I don't want to see some art house director try and turn this into something. I don't yeah, want to see wanna, Michael Bay. I don't want to see uh, uh, Duke Nukem past his prom uh, trying to fit into a world that he doesn't belong in anymore. Because that could be a good story, but that's not a good Duke Nukem story. J.J. Abrams might could do it. He made pretty decent adaptations of the of the Star Trek films. I mean, they're not a you know they're not old I'm Star Trek. I respectfully they're... disagree on that one. Uh, Especially if he did like what he did with Into Darkness, because Into Darkness turned the schlock factor up quite a bit. He uh, he could do that. J.J. Abrams could pull it off, and that, that's fine. I don't want to get into another hour long Star Trek, Star Wars, sci fi discussion. <laughs> One, we don't have time, and two, we've had that before. But I think J.J. Abrams could do it. I'll just... Uh, assuming this ever gets made, because, you know, in talks with uh, no writer uh, and just uh, you know, Michael uh, Bay being interested, uh, there's... You know, uh, this is very pre-production. Yeah. I, I don't see this being made, to be perfectly honest. But then again... I don't either. There, there is the chance that it could surprise me. I mean, we do have Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, we do have Deadpool. I was about to say, well, we got we've had Deadpool and Logan in the last couple of years, like these. I mean, de- hard R properties. Mm-hmm. So, so it um, could work, but it would need the proper director. It would need someone that respects the Duke. Oh, Joss Whedon, no, no. lazy game reviewer. We bring him in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, he does uh, Duke Nukem very often, and every time he does a retro game uh, or retro PC uh, look, it's he always fires up Duke Nukem uh, 3D. So, yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. I have to do one quick aside because I thought of this after Uh-oh. I said we weren't going to have a Star Trek discussion. Have you seen that Quentin Tarantino is directing the next Star Trek no. film? Quentin Tarantino is directing the next Star Trek not film. Not sure how I feel. And I'm not sure... Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm excited about uh, that because I still love in the, Tarantino. Uh, in the Kelvin universe, or I don't know. I think so. 
because I only really watched the first of the new Star Trek movies, and uh, it was okay, but it didn't feel like a Star Trek movie. Yeah. No, the first one was okay. What was the second one called? Star Trek Beyond? Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. It was. It wasn't as good. But then Into Darkness was a lot better. That was the third one. I think they finally got it right uh, for for modern Star Trek. I mean, it, you know, if you don't like that sort of thing, that's fine. You know, I totally understand that. You know, you're... I mean, we both grew up on Trek. I just happen to like Schlock a little bit more a than you little. do. A lot more. But, you know, if you don't like that sort of thing, that's fine. But I think they got it right with Into Darkness for the Star Trek in the modern age. And I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Quentin Tarantino. Like, it's supposed to be, like, dark and gritty, and the dialogue should be good, at least. You know, you're not selling I wonder me how he's. G- I wonder how he's going to work his racial slurs in there. Because in every movie, Tarantino has to use some form of racial slur. I wonder how they're going to do that with Star Trek. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> you see, this is how the Federation Klingon War starts. <laughs> It just has oh. uh, Kirk uh, uh, walk up to a Klingon. Uh, then it's bleeped out for five minutes. <laughs> I'll I'll go see it. I think I'll probably like it as a Tarantino film. I don't know if I'll like it as a Star Trek film. That's the thing. But who knows? If it's got a Deep Space Nine vibe, because Deep yeah, Space Nine was a yeah, lot I darker. Yeah, I did. Uh, uh, Deep Space Nine is my favorite uh, of the Star Trek series. But uh, it's, it does have its uh, schlocky uh, episodes. But at the same time, it's overall... Yeah, more serious. And it's also a lot less idealistic. Yep, yep. Maybe I'll give the uh, the Tarantino one a shot if I don't have to see the other ones. I mean, that's also the thing is that if it's a continuation of the story, then I'll probably be lost and, you know, not really care. The others others aren't really sequels in a sense. They're just the next Star Trek series in the the universe. The second one has some callbacks to the first one, but at that point, it's just like, okay, we're the Enterprise crew, and this is our adventure we're going on this time. So. Yeah, Kurt boldly going uh, to fuck every uh, sentient woman. <laughs> <laughs> every green-skinned woman in the universe. Some blue ones as well. Uh, is that... Uh, I thought the women were blowing him. hi Yeah, maybe uh, on a particular planet, who knows. Hey, when in room. That's right. Alrighty. That is our last news topic for the week. I need to take a short break. And we are back from a very, very quick break. On our end, even quicker for you guys. But we are going to do Discovery Q first this week. It's been... Over a month. Oh, God. A month, yeah, since we've had a Discovery Q. Just we've had so many topics and games to talk about. So we just want to make sure we get it in this week. Although, I think we would have made it regardless. Yeah, but uh, Discovery Q is always the casualty if we're running long. So let's hit the music. Indeed. Yeah, and immediately I I get uh, one of the games that you had on your... uh, uh, gameless, so what the hell? Sunless Sky? No. Uh, the, you're looking forward to games. Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet. Oh. Oh, uh, okay. 
I'm just adding it here because I thought it was funny it popped up. Not a lot to really talk about because you already talked about it. This looks interesting. Grabbing the link and then I'll start talking about it. It's called Nantucket. Oh, yeah, that's a really interesting. It's a whaling game. And it's yeah, also it's about a, a man a uh, from game. that town. Yeah. Uh, t- t- turns hey, out hey, he hey. wants to fuck his ear. Hey, oh. uh, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it just it just looks like you've got a, a whaling ship and you can upgrade it and make changes to it and you go sailing for you go whaling sailing. Sailing whaling. That seems pretty cool. Live Ishmael's story, the sole survival so soul sole survivor. Of the Pequod. Yeah, it's... A few years after the events narrated by Herman Melville. Yeah. In his masterpiece, Moby yeah, Dick. It, I was about to say, it's a... Uh, it's essentially a sequel to Moby Dick. That's cool. It's a very interesting looking game. Uh, supposedly, it's not very long, and it's uh, essentially a roguelite. But it's... Uh, it's something that popped up after... Uh, yeah, we did our list, so... But here is an interesting looking one. Full Metal Furies... Uh, from the cr- oh, from the creator one. of Rogue Legacy. This one was just popped up on my list too. I was about to put it. But you can have it. <laughs> uh, an action RPG, uh, fully cooperative, so online co-op. I hope uh, doesn't look like it. Looks like local co-op only, which is saddens me. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, uh, the fact that it doesn't have it- online co-op, I think, is a killer for me, though. Yeah, this looks really, really interesting. I like the art style. Um, I like, I mean, I like strategy games. And does this say turn-based strategy? Or uh, it looks like real-time. They said action uh, strategy, so. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it's got RPG elements as well. Character upgrades and things. I mean, I'm all about this. Yeah, I mean, you're more likely to play, uh, play it than me because, you know, you have a local uh, player too. Wait, it says online co-op uh, it right does? here. Uh, uh, th- I was looking at the tags that said uh, local only, so. On the little thing, single player co-op, online co-op, local uh, co-op. Alright, so maybe we can play together. I uh, also yeah. found another looking, uh, interesting looking one, uh, uh, pretty much immediately. Forged Battalion. Forged Battalion? Yeah, okay. I just uh, put it in. It's from Team 17, so or, or published by them. I'm looking at the developer to see what else they've made. Oh, uh, uh, developer of Grey Goo. So, they have a bit of a RTS uh, background. Uh, it's in early access, so uh, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. It looks like it has some customizable units in it, which is interesting. Uh, you're able to build out your uh, units for pretty much how you want, and it's an RTS. Oh, I've seen this game on Keymailer. I requested a key like two weeks ago, yeah, maybe. I, I don't think I'm gonna yeah. get it, but yeah, I didn't see this before. Cool. I don't think. Yeah, it's a very. Uh, I like the art style on it. It's uh, very cartoony, uh, very bright colors. It has a pixelation on uh, some of the effects. I'm not sure if that's meant to be or if it's just a, uh, you know, JPEG being JPEG. Yeah, artifacting. Yeah. yeah. No, this this looks really good. It reminds me yeah. a lot of uh, the uh, Earth 21 whatever series. Well, just look at... It like looks like it has proper base building in it as well, which you know, is something that... Uh, RTS has kind of been skipping. Is yeah, you know, proper base building as well. 
not yeah. just yeah, build small factory. Uh, it this looks a uh, uh, StarCraft level base building, which is perfectly fine by me. Um, a little concerned yeah. on how they'll do balance because customizable units uh, always is an Achilles heel of RTS. I remember Impossible Creatures where pretty much if you didn't build something that had a whale in it that added a lot of HP, <laughs> uh, you know, you were just yeah, going to be screwed. So they're, they're going to have yeah. to be very careful on the customizable units. Yeah, Earth 2160 has done it the best out of any RTS game I've seen, and each vehicle had certain customization options that you could do to it, and you never could really completely change a vehicle, um, but everything had a balance to it, so more armor made your vehicle slower. Uh, more weapons usually meant less armor. Yeah, it looks like they know, are et cetera, et cetera. definitely uh, taking some inspiration from uh, their Grey Goo game because uh, looking at the UI, it looks very different. Looks like uh, all of the different vehicles have their own abilities that they are able to use, or a class of abilities, I should say. Looking at the different screenshots, it's a little hard to tell, though. Or this could just be yeah. a particular mission. It's Always uh, rough to tell. Yep. So I got one. Uh, Ascendant Hearts. This is just a visual novel, but it's a cute-looking visual novel that it says you wake up in a fantasy world, and I'm all about that. Um, it says it's got RPG elements yeah, to it. Yeah, I've seen this so one before. It's interesting-looking. The one of the main reasons that I, I put it on the list is that in the like the description it says that it's a parody of traditional MMOs. I don't know what that means specifically. Like, I mean, I know what a parody is, but I don't know what they mean by that. But on the off chance that it's actually a really good parody or satire, I'm I'm all about that stuff. So that's I hope that it's like that. Oh, I got Forge Battalion too. I'll just get past that one. Yeah, that's not rated very well, so I'll skip that. Ooh, what is this? Battleship Bishojo. It's another visual novel. God, those girls have big boobs. And that's a a cat? No, a phoenix girl? Join the girls on a non uh, So when she gets old, do you just kill her? And both legendary creatures. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously I'm buying this. Also, I'm going to put it Right hey, now. look, I got Metal Gear Survive. Uh, not too interested. I'm... I'm... Eh. If it wasn't made by Konami and full of garbage, actually, Metal Gear Survive looks pretty interesting to me, but it is full of garbage, so yeah. It's not Bishogo. Bishojo. How much is this? $13? Oh. That's, that's $13 in a good way. Yeah, I'm done here. My, uh, my queue's over. I got it. I mean, I know why I'm getting so many visual novels in this queue. I've played like three visual novels since the last time we did a queue, and they've all been in like the last two weeks. This one doesn't look very good, though. Well, that never stopped you before. Okay. Memories of Mars. Uh, what is this? A horror survival? No, thank you. <laughs> Dear, uh, I just went to Battleship Sojo and. I don't think anyone's uh, tits are smaller than their heads. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, right? This looks cute. A sky full of stars. Why does that sound familiar? Coming of age. Coming of age astronomy tale by the same team who brought you If My Heart Had Wings. 
here's here's the link. I'll definitely put this one on the list. It's only 17 bucks. I assume... Well, 18 bucks if you don't have the discount. I assume it's shorter than If My Heart Had Wings. Yeah, this looks very familiar. I, um, I must have seen this before. I didn't add it to my wish list. Alright, my last game... Galaxy Girls. Another visual novel. Novel? Novel? One day you wake up on a spaceship with several other women, each one given a different job on board. Ship Wait, doctor, what? engineer, and you uh, as captain. That, that's a thing? Can you complete the mission that has been forced upon you and save humanity? I mean, I assume that this is a visual novel booby game? Because those are... They're all sitting around the table in lingerie eating dinner. What? what you don't right, do sure. that? Add to wish list. How much is it? $13. Uh, I'm looking at the, uh, at the discussions for Alice Sojo, and people are calling it a pedophile game. Uh, how? How? Uh, and unless, you know, uh, children in other countries have tits, I think there's something wrong here. Actually, I like the sci-fi art style for Galaxy Girl. Beyond just the girls, like, it feels like it's inspired a bit by... Oh, who's the guy who did the designs for Dune and the Alien, the original Alien movie? I'm blanking out. I, I, I'm in the screenshots now. There's a turtle girl. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I, I had to see. Like, what? Okay. How crazy do they get? It's not just turtle girl, giant turtle girl, as in bigger than your ship. Wow. That sounds cool. H.R. Uh, Geiger is who I was thinking of. Couldn't think of his name. But, I mean, Geiger's got a very distinct sci-fi style, and this feels like it was inspired by some of his designs. Although, honestly, it's hard to tell, because Geiger's... Is he dead? I know he did... Yeah, he died. Oh, did you kill him? Uh, he's no, on a Phoenix girl. He doesn't come back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Geiger did design work. Starting out in the 60s, I believe. Definitely in the 70s, but I think he started in the 60s doing sci-fi designs. So it's hard to say if this is directly inspired by Geiger or just reminiscent of some of his works. But regardless, it's cool. I like it. It feels a bit more thoughtful than just anime boobies. Could be wrong. I've been wrong plenty of times before, but still looks pretty good. So yeah, that's my cue. That was the last game on my cue. And don't forget to send that over to the other document, uh, eventually. Indeed. I'll need to do that later before I clear it out. Yeah. Overall, not a bad uh, uh, haul. Granted, you got a lot of trashy novels, but those are kind of your thing. <laughs> well, we need to get you on yep. better novels. I mean, Sky Full of Stars doesn't look trashy. Not true. I, I like things that also aren't trashy, but I do like... I, I like my schlock. I really like my schlocky things. Uh, do, do, I need are things are, are, are you laugh. saying schlock or schlong? I can't tell. Schlock. Schlock. Oh. I need things that make me laugh and smile. My career path is full of talking to sad people, and the world is very sad. For a while, I just want to just wanna hide away and be in a, immersed in a silly, ridiculous, schlocky story about girls on a, a battleship whose boobs are bigger than their heads. And giant turtle girls whose boobs are bigger than the battleship. Yeah, I have to go look at that, by the way. 
Where, uh, where, where is that? Is it in under uh, the it's discussions? On, it's in the screenshots. Okay. Do do where? <laughs> There's also a giant mermaid. Uh, that's hardly, uh, you know, uh, that, that's hardly uh, notable these days. Oh my god, that is a giant turtle girl. <laughs> her boobs are also bigger than her head, but she's as big as the ship. Probably bigger, because remember, she's off in the distance. Uh, is that a cat girl? What's again, hardly no- uh, notable these days. Actually, I think that's more of a zebra girl. Do you have a feeling that uh, uh, some of these authors are just sitting with a big book of animals like... No, I've seen that one. Seen that one. Seen that one. Hey, That's a Badger succubus. Girl. Why is there... Never mind. There's no point. This game has a giant turtle girl. My, the thing I was about to say doesn't really matter. If I can accept giant <laughs> turtle girl, I can accept swashbuckling 18th century pirate girl. Honestly, that's about the normal girl, uh, most normal girl in that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So, a uh, quick community corner, and then uh, start hit, uh, shutting down? Indeed, let's do it. Well, uh, it's a question, isn't it? So, don't you ask the questions? Because we, uh, right, we don't have any it. emails, and we do have a couple tweets, but we'll do tweets after. I was taking a, a, a sip of my tea. Also, I was thinking you were going to do the tweets. <laughs> we haven't done a question in a few weeks, because our wonderful... Well, well the only tweets have been, have been uh, Kyle going absolutely nuts with his sneak. <laughs> Which sounds a little uh, risque out of context. It's ris- risque even in context. I yeah, think. Uh, uh, yeah. Kyle has become that one guy, only <laughs> with uh, uh, over a snake. And also, Ghost did a test stream. Uh, how did that turn out? Because I skipped it because I didn't want to ruin story content. Um, I was unable to be there because of things that happened this weekend, which I'm not going to oh go into here. But you, you know about sort of the hectic weekend that I have. Uh, but I did speak to Ghost, and it did not go well. He was having problems with his internet, so he ended really early. Um, but Ghost, I would encourage you to try again. Because I would love to have more people streaming. Um, and it, it's quite easy to host another stream as long as they're on Twitch. Ghost was using Mixer, Microsoft's new streaming service. But if anyone in our audience wants to stream on Twitch... Originally, I had this plan to share my stream key with a few people and have, like, a, a streaming team. But then I got really nervous about doing that, so I decided not to. Uh, I trust the people here now, but in the future, if someone knows that, people on the internet can be weird. Oh, damn. Uh, I, well, want I was just going to uh, start uh, streaming a poopy game. <laughs> but it's very, very easy to host another Twitch stream on your Twitch stream. So anyone who's interested in streaming and wants to start streaming on Twitch and wants VGL to promote you a little bit and have a second place for your stream to show up, get in touch with me, and we can set up uh, hosting for your channel. Anyways, that uh, also, Ghost, try it again. Next time, unless something else crazy happens, I'll be Anyway, there. question time? Yes, yes, question time. This question comes from jim3535 it's from several weeks ago like i said we've had good community corners uh full of things so we haven't used questions but his question is what is the most shameful thing you have done in a video i think game? it really de- uh, depends on your definition of shameful because i have kept prisoners in rim world for parts as in you know well i had a bunch of uh, captures that were lacking a kidney hey that guy has two kidneys 
I mean, he's not too yep. attached to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, that's just efficient gameplay right there. But I could see how someone might think that it's a little bit shameful to keep someone around for spare parts. Uh, well, I'm um, sure they'll turn a blind eye to it, especially after I'm done with them. Yeah. So I've been, I, I've been sort of tooling away at this in the back of my mind. The yeah, whole I imagine, show. And like, I have a problem. Yeah, I'm, yeah you have no shame. <laughs> I have no shame. So it's really difficult for me to think of shameful in any context. Uh, how about we just go with your visual novel library? <laughs> I suppose. I suppose you could say that. But I did think of one example that I kind of felt bad about it for like three seconds. And then I was like, meh, whatever. So in KOTOR, uh, that's Star Wars Nice the Old Republic, Later on in the game, there is some lady on Tatooine. It's just like a random side quest person that you can interact with. Um, and she is in a very bad state. Like her husband has died or is lost or something. And she sends you to f- try and find his stuff. Um, find out if he's alive or, or recover his uh, remains. And then you do that. And then you, c- you come back and you talk to her. And the... You know, the light side part of the conversation is, like, you you know, you help the lady. You give her stuff. You comfort her because, spoilers, he died. Dude. Uh, You comfort her. And then if you continue to talk to her after that conversation thread ends, like, you know, it ends and she walks away. But you can find her later uh, in one of the cantinas. And she'll ask you for further help. um, And then you can be mean to her or even use the the force to make her give you stuff so like the full like dark side shameful thing is you complete the quest and you go get his remains but you refuse to give them to her unless she pays you for them then you find her later and she's like you know thank you for recovering my husband's remains um now i you know i don't want to be here anymore we were just here because he was on this job and since he's dead they're not going to pay anymore so i want to leave but i need some money can you please help me and then you can uh force use the force to have her give you all of her money and then all of her stuff if your force powers are high enough like you can have her give you all of her belongings too and then after she's done doing that she runs out into the desert and kills herself so if you go full dark side that's a very shameful act, which I did on one of my dark side playthroughs on Kotor, and I was like, I feel kind of bad about this. Uh, nah, uh, fucker, I'm I'm a uh, Sith. She had some cool stuff. Yeah, she had some money. Yeah, I would say probably other things would be things like dude bods, but usually those are higher quality textures. So, <laughs> uh, ironically yeah. enough, it makes the game look better, and uh, times also you know makes it a little bit more immersive because you know. Uh, Skyrim having people send the hot t- or the hot springs with uh, in their underwear doesn't seem quite right, does it? No. Uh, that's really about it. Uh, well, 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 the yeah. adoring fans speaking of Skyrim, you know, leaving him in an oblivion gate. But honestly, I think anyone that spent more than five seconds with him could understand that. Yeah. In in one version of the game like one of the one of the patches somewhere along the way um you could have multiple followers if he was your first follower because he didn't count 
Like there was a glitch where he didn't count as a follower. So if you got him first, um, then he could follow you, and then you could have someone else follow you. But because he the the adoring fan was your first follower, you could get more than one follower behind mm-hmm. you, and then you could also do summons, which potentially could summon their own. So it's crazy. You could use him to get like a huge chain of followers, and then crash the game because patched- yeah, the game can't handle more than five NPCs at once. Yeah. But then, you know, they patched that out. And so he went back to being useless and annoying again. Yeah, the one shining moment that he had a use. Yep. I can't think of anything else shameful that I've done in video games. But again, you. I don't really feel shame. I don't feel shame, so... I suppose technically you could say it was shameful. I used to exploit a glitch in Gears of War on the multiplayer where that you could constantly sprint, um, but also shoot at the same time. Because if you're sprinting, the game doesn't allow you to shoot. You can reload and you can go from a sprint to a melee attack, but no shooting. But there was this glitch you could do that would let you sprint with the the shotgun out. And the shotgun is uh, an instant kill if you're within like a certain distance. Um, so uh, also when you sprint, you like cr- do this weird little crouch in Gears of War. Like it's you know, stupid in real life, but as a gameplay mechanic, it kind of makes sense, because you crouch down lower and you're more difficult to hit while you're sprinting, so you can get to Well, uh, a refrigerator sprinting anyway is kind of silly. <laughs> but uh, using this glitch, you could sprint and shoot at the same time, so you're a harder target to hit, you're moving super fast, and you could also shoot. And I used to do that all the time in multiplayer, before they, they patched it out. Yeah, that's just being a dick. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's not really shameful. That's just being an asshole. Which I'm also an asshole, so. Uh, careful. Uh, if you're too much of an asshole, you may become president. I would be such a good president. Compared to fucking Donald Trump, I would be an amazing president. I'd be a really bad politician, though. I don't well, like politics. Well, to be fair, the bar's set low now. Touche. Solo Oprah Winfrey has a chance to win. Yeah, if you want to talk uh, dystopian future... Uh, it just proves that we didn't learn a fucking thing. Let's not go there, though. Let's not, let's not end our show with a political note. Do you want to... Do you have any more shameful uh, moments, not, or do you want to go to the couple of tweets? really. Uh, and we can't already highlighted the tweets. I just condensed them down, because it was Kyle just gushing over his snake, for the most part. If there, if there was something else that got lost in Kyle uh, just spamming the uh, uh, mentions... And he was also talking about how to survive in PUBG more, but uh, you know his, uh, you know his upcoming reality show. <laughs> I wish that would be made into a reality show. That would be funny. Although, I mean, to make it really real, people would die. So I'm sure we could come uh, up with a list of to, people. To be fair, given today's environment, that seems a little more plausible than it did before. Uh, I'm just waiting for Ask the Movie to be made. Ask the Movie? Or you, uh, Idiocracy? Yeah, no, I've seen Idiocracy. But just, that made me laugh. Alright, well, if those are the tweets, and that's the question, then that means we're wrapping up for the mm-hmm. week. The part of the episode that where you go first. Where I go first on our when we list things. So, if you want to find me on the YouTubes, you can do so by searching for Gaming Psychologist content coming out 
here in the near future. Still plugging away at the KerbalCast backlog of episodes. I'm up to 32 that's actually uploaded and scheduled for release over the next few days. I've been doing them in batches of like two or three episodes at a time. So I think by next week up to 32 will be out. Uh, And then those will continue to come out until we get to the end. I think in total, like not accounting for when they changed their numbering system. There's like 80-something episodes, right? 70 yeah, or 80 yeah something. they went essentially season two when <clears throat> Nos left. But but that was yeah. also kind of the beginning of the end. Not, not to disparage Amy, but yeah, uh, they started becoming less frequent. But then again, yeah, yeah it's also just uh, time differences to begin with and uh, no one physically there to sit Biff down. It's like, okay, you got to record now. Or, or we turn back on the music. No, I'll record, I'll record. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, th- those are coming up on the channel in batches. Uh, I think some of them are slated as, like, one-a-day releases. But, in general, I've done, like, two or three a day. Whenever I get them done, I'll just schedule them all. Um, I've also been working pretty hard on getting set up to do a series of tutorials for Elite Dangerous. Uh, today, as in today recording day... I posted a Let's Play from Elite. It was mostly just a long-form test to make sure that the audio was working and I wasn't having any more issues with my recordings. Um, Elite is difficult to record on my system because there's so much going on in the game, so many effects, that it really eats up a lot of my processing power to actually record. It actually it uses more processing power to record the game than it does to play it, but just because there's so much shit it's trying to capture and the way that XSplit renders videos on the fly instead of recording a raw mm-hmm. video and then going through later, like it, it renders as it goes. So, well, all the software recorders do some sort of rendering. Right, but it's not just like... It's doing everything, and so I had to go in and mess with the XSplit settings and turn things down in the game, and XSplit doesn't like when you have an unlocked frame rate that goes I above I wonder how Relive would do for it. Don't know. Because that's the uh, essentially a hardware recorder. Yeah, I've thought about getting uh, a capture card and putting it in my this server, uh, server rig it's right here. I could rig it up pretty easily, and it doesn't take a lot of, of horsepower to run a capture card, if that's all that the PC is doing. But, uh, anyways, it took me quite a bit of finagling to get it recording at a at a smooth 60 frames, at, or at a smooth 1080-60. Um, so I did one big long test recording, and I was like, oh, this turned out okay. I'll post this as like an episode zero. And so that's up today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other than that, not a lot else going on right now. Uh, we couldn't record Divinity on Sunday because of Discord issues. Uh, at least I think it was Discord. I mean, it could just... Uh, who knows? It, it's tough to say. <laughs> it was just yeah, uh, going so, over your body. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got a couple episodes sitting ready, but we're going to do a few more before yeah, we start putting yeah, it on again. Yeah, originally so. planned to try it next uh yeah to start putting it out next week but we'll have to see how sunday goes yep so right now that's what's up on my channel uh I'd be expecting some more elite dangerous stuff uh i've recorded some 
what are they like primers for each of the tutorials I'm going to do. I did that this week, but those obviously can't go up by themselves. They're intended to accompany whatever the tutorial is. My first set of tutorials is going to be mining. No surprise there. Uh, should have those done, or at least the first one done by next week. So be looking forward to that. Otherwise, other places you can find me online, you can do so on Twitter over at JMA4707, where you can see me tweet about all kinds of things. I had a couple today about cryptocurrency, and some guy said I was stupid, and we got into a little bit of a Twitter. A Twitter tantrum? Yeah. Well, I, I still like my response to your cryptocurrency thing. Yeah, you're a grumpy guy. Good. But, yeah. Otherwise, if you want to f- see me stream games, you can do so over at twitch.tv. What, you're planning on doing it that, that this week? Yep. Thursday night, which will be after the episode comes out. But I've already posted a couple of tweets about it from both my own Twitter and from the VGL Podcast Twitter. We will be playing uh, Rocket League just as a nice way to ease back in. That's a game a bunch of us have and can pretty much just play without... And it goes free. Play without too much much setup involved. But I've got got to sit down and make up a new list and a new stream Mm -hmm. calendar and have that put up. So I'll work on that this week too. And if you want to be my friend on Steam, you can do so by sending a friend request to jarthur4707. I accept all friend requests. Uh, I actually got a new one this week. They did not use a passcode. But I got a new friend this week, so... Well, good thing I like using the pa- or making up the passcode. Otherwise, I'd be disappointed. Well, more so. Indeed, but feel free to feel free to chat me up anytime. I love I love talking to to our audience. It's a lot of fun. And you've all been lovely people so and far. And if you wish to make Jared wonder what the hell is going on and tell him indirectly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the passcode for this week is arts and crafts. <laughs> that fits. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. That's the episode title. Nintendo that's it. Arts and Crafts? Yep. Uh, well, while you do that, I'll go into what's on my channel because I have content. Yay! Uh, Civilization, I ended up starting later than I planned because I just had another night of it just not working. Well, I shouldn't say not working. It's just my problem was, quite simply, I was getting bad maps. And I'm playing the Incas, which are very map dependent. And playing the Incas on a, a flat map, no. It's just not as fun. It's doable, but not as fun. So I ended up uh, restarting a few times because that's kind of the you know, uh, you know standard procedure for a Civ is you know you do a few mulligans get a decent looking map and I'm uh, slowly uh, building out. Um, last episode I'm up to two cities. I've met most of the close by neighbors. I'm on random AI personality, so who knows what they're going to do? But I'm dealing with Brazil, the Ottomans. And Venice. So, that's going to be interesting. Venice definitely throws a wrench into things, because I, I was going to use diplomacy as a secondary uh, uh, possibility for a win condition, but most likely not now. I'll have to sit and think about this one. But that's kind of the fun part of Civ, huh? And, Rimworld returned today. What, no applause? No, no, uh, oh. You did it. Yeah, and I'm quite proud with my town name. I think it's my best one. Did you see it? 
No. What's your town Nether name? Wallop. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I have a few rather rude names now because I'm not going to get monetized in a month, so what do I care anymore? There you go. Yeah, All right, let's just put it this way. I pretty much have a guaranteed town name for the next time Jared comes up uh, as the first three. Do you want to know the name? Yes. Superior Bottom. <laughs> That's good. Uh, it's either going to really be good. that or Jared's Folly. I could go for both of those. <laughs> but I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Superior Bottom. But yeah, RimWorld just kicked off. It has episode zero and episode one up today. I'm doing a Sierra, uh, a uh, sorry, a yeah, a Sierra uh, playthrough. So I'm on uh, a dry plane with a lot of heat. So that's going to be fun. Oh, and um, there's bugs on the map. Yeah, the map spawned with a active bug hive that I'm going to have to go clear out at some point. Fun times. Woohoo! And we talk, uh, talked about Divinity for, or, uh, on Jared's side of things. Mostly just trying to build up enough episodes so that yeah, we have a backlog in case something happens. Because, yeah, uh, we want to get through this and been toying around with a few possible ideas for a replacement series. One I kind of uh, came up with uh, just before we started, I like, but it's going to take a lot more coordination. But if you wish to see all that, you can find me over at Gaming with Caffeine Rage on the YouTubes, or just find me on Twitter, Gaming with CR. And while we're having you search things, you could also, well, search us out on Twitter as well, BGL Podcast there, or email us, bglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, gaming-related topics, or your questions. If you want to help to pay for this absolute bandage, you could do so over at patreon.com slash Podcast. And we are very thankful for our patrons. And our patrons helped pay for our Podbean account, vglpodcast.podbean.com, which holds the show notes and the RSS feed if you're catching this on YouTube and wish to just get it in our in your podcatcher. But it also is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever Jared shoved us that I don't know about. I just hope he watched first. Or at least used the lube. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work at Incomputech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. Uh, see you next time. And hey, we're below three hours. Bye-bye. I guess this makes up for all the long ones. Something like that. A nice little quickie. You call two and a half hours, probably, after editing, a quickie? For us. Fair play. Uh, t- to be fair, you do have just incredible stamina. Damn right I do. <laughs>